0: Full Credit to the Boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian-owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, it's goodbye to Stephen Kearney, it's rest in peace to Rugby League in Queensland, and it's rest in peace, AFL, everywhere. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit Boys live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast, Instagram FCTTB podcast, it's all one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend. Or just look for the hashtag Sexy Older Men. Uh, You can find the bloke to my right on Twitter, at Sid Puntz, all one word. He's a man who this week declared himself to be almost coronavirus free. He has just finished watching every episode of The Footy Show and has written a list of all the politically inappropriate jokes, if the show were to go back to air today. And tonight, he's controversially wearing blue face. (laughs) Welcome, Sid. Yes, well,
1: thank you very much, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, world. It's true. I've gone back over all the AFL footy show episodes. And (laughs) don't tell me that another network won't snavel up Sam Newman, quick smart. (laughs) What a talent he is. He's appeared in Blackface, mocking Indigenous player Nicky Winmar. He's mocked Caitlin Jenner. We've all done that. He's mocked same-sex marriage, Adam Goods. He smoked a bong once live on air. That was good. I'm telling you now, the project should snap him up immediately. He's only 74 years old, former a real talent. Well, I'm pretty sure that it qualifies him for Sky News. Um, <laughs> or I reckon he should go on the road and do all the clubs with Bert Newton. Geez, there's to be good some good gear there.
0: Who can forget his edgy domestic violence gear against Caroline Wilson? <laughs> that was edgy,
2: wasn't it? Edgy. <laughs> this is Brian Henderson.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
2: I'm VB Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow.
0: Our first story comes from the Armadale tribute, and it's a uh, nudist pensioner questions whether he's really naked if he wears a face mask. Ooh, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> or a sock? Uh, an eighty-three-year-old 83 nudist. Oh. They're always eighty-three, aren't they? Oh. And fat. It's, it's never. It's never Megan Gale saying, "I'm sick of wearing clothes." That's a
1: story I would click on to the Armadale. What is it? <laughs> Tribute, I think. Yeah, look Uh, at that story.
0: It's always the Amanda Van Stones of the world saying, look at me, I'm a child of nature. (laughs) Are you, mate? Find a tree. (laughs) Or blokes with tiny little button mushroom dicks that live under the veranda of their fat guts. I don't want clothes anymore. Righto, mate. Uh, Anyway, 83-year-old nudist from Midway, has questioned whether wearing a face mask will mean he is technically still naked. Stuart Haywood has been stripping off for 10 years and takes regular breaks at naturist camps and is planning to visit a hotspot in Lincolnshire when it
1: reopens. This is something he took up in retirement at 73. Go learn the ukulele or something. <laughs> play some golf. <laughs> Go Stuart. play golf, mate.
0: Y'all, with clothes on. Y'all pest. Uh, however... I wondered what you were going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> while new government guidelines advised the public to wear face masks while out and about to combat coronavirus, Mr Haywood said while he will adhere to the rule, it may mean he will technically not be in the nude. He said... I plan to visit Lakeside Farm Naturist Park at the first opportunity. If I'm obliged to wear a face mask, will I technically be not be a nudist? If I'm not, perhaps I could still do my shopping in Burton wearing only a face mask.
1: Jeez, that's a technicality. <laughs> not sure you want to test before the courts. He's, he's
0: tonguing to everyone. Have a look at his junk, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get it out. <laughs> Stay away from the frozen section. Take, take a word of advice. <laughs> uh, I have a mask. Some people say I really need one. Oh, I've never looked, never looked so good. When I was about 50, I'd not go out without a shirt as I had no body confidence. <laughs> Just thought about someone who might have some body confidence, uh, I'm, Sid. <laughs> I'm still the same. <laughs> How good. <laughs> uh, I'm still the same. But now, when I remove all my clothes, I'm, what do you write a time code down for? <laughs> I'm a different person. Mr. Haywood did not take up nudism until well into his 70s. It's always the way. After attending a day course of life art in swaddling coat. But okay. Mr. Coat not required. Mr. Haywood, more swaddle swallow than coat. Uh, Mr. Haywood went on to be a naked model for life poses. Whether people wanted him to or not. Imagine that. Imagine saying, Yeah, I've got art this weekend. We've got a nude model in.
1: And old Stewie I'll stewie ah! we got a 70 year old naked. That was after. Class at
0: Mars Brothers. <laughs> <Was it>? Yeah, <laughs> when you weren't nude, um, yeah, the art teacher said, "Can you get nude as well?" <laughs> All right. There's Uh, no class here. Unconventional. Do I need painting? (laughs) Anyway. Do you need paints? Nah. Is this story over? Uh, No. He liked the feeling of freedom being naked uh, and went nude in public for the first time in June uh, 2012. His neighbours say they like it when he's on holidays (laughs) and naked in Spain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has stated that he will wear a mask. He's following the guidelines to stop the spread of Rona. In fact, the 83-year-old says he's purchased three masks for the week-long stay. The two others are for his balls that are swinging around his calves. <laughs> but the event at Lakeside Farm in Scratchy Bottom in Lincolnshire <laughs> is going ahead. It's an over-70s event. Ugh. Oh, Jesus. And organisers have stated... Tickets still available? <laughs> organisers have stated that there will be heaps of hand sanitizer available for any passers-by that witness the event
0: for- <laughs> to rub in their eyes. The Our next story comes from the CANDOS Chronicle, and it's a man in Austria find. £450 for loudly farting in front of the police officers. Yeah, this is great. A man has been fined 447 or say, let's round up to £450 for farting in front of police officers. The man was told he had violated public decency by loudly escaping an intestinal wind in (laughs) front of police officers by a criminal order in the Austrian capital of Vienna, local media's report. You wouldn't think that would be a charge, but... Here we are. Yeah. Well, the man said he would be pleading not guilty to the charge, arguing he was just trying to socially isolate at the time. (laughs) Uh, The smelly incident took place on June 5 at 40 minutes past midnight. I'm glad we've got the exact time. It um, (laughs) It is reported that the person involved in the incident posted a speeding ticket on Reddit before police confirmed the incident to local media. The criminal order... Reportedly describes a loud gut wind which violated decency and noise. That's right, noise. The noise complaint on Twitter. The local police force wrote that the man was provocative and uncooperative throughout the previous. Sorry, the official previous official act. Uh, the man will also argue in court that the case should fall under a very old law that should be adhered to in this instance. The law made in the early 1600s translate to "he who smelt it dealt it." It ruined me, Jake. <laughs> He then rose slightly from the park bench, looked at the officers, and apparently intentionally released a massive bowel wind in the immediate vicinity of the officers. It's understood the police, when handcuffing the man, failed to see the humour in him asking the police to pull his finger. (laughs) Currently, it is thought uh, Australian man, former legend, could owe authorities around $400,000 if similar laws are introduced in Australia. Well,
1: lawyers for the uh, Austrian man, Furs Reichen, explained that he had just been dining with mates at famous Austrian eatery Gerhard Burgers where he knocked off a traditional wiener schnitzel with some Conchita Worst sausage. Google that one, people. A large side dish of sauerkraut and five steins of Nicky Lauder pale ale and his guts were a bit crook. Police were trying to ask him questions as to why he was sitting at the park bench looking uncomfortable and he stated, I just came here to fart. And then he let out a big bottom burp but there was no malice in it or any follow-through, thankfully. In fact, he said he felt heaps better after it. In court, he attempted to deny that he was the one that farted, pushing the blame onto the officers with the age-old defence <laughs> of whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> the Judge, Judge Franz Ferdinand saw straight through that defence, citing common law from years ago. that says he denied it, supplied it. <laughs> Finding the man 500 euros... Which is a lot better than he would have received if the crime was in Minneapolis.
0: <laughs>
1: Our
0: next story comes from the Mudgy Bugle. An American event planner experienced the horror of her bride ruining her wedding dress just moments before the first dance was supposed to start. Wordy, it um, is a bit wordy. What does it all mean? A wedding planner was left sponging down a sobbing naked bride. Sounds hot after a, <laughs> not this dream again. Uh, after a last minute plan to fix some last minute belly bloating went catastrophi- catastrophically, catastrophically, it was no good. It went no good, uh, went tits up. <laughs> What should have been the happiest day of her life was completely ruined because she spent the day knocking back detox shakes, resulting in a disaster when she gambled on a fart and lost in a big way.
1: uh Oh, this isn't the dream I used to have.
0: <laughs> she ended up ruining her 12,000-pound dress. Ooh, expensive um, or heavy, um, but refused to let <laughs> that go. Sorry, refused to let that get that uh, refused to let that get that stop her. Oh, that's good. Did you write this out? I didn't write this. Uh, She ended up ruining her £12,000 dress but refused to let that stop her from having a first dance with her husband in front of their nearest and dearest. But things went from bad to worse, ended up with the couple feeding each other wedding cake with poo-stained hands. (laughs) The wedding, <laughs> the wedding planner was first alerted to the issue when she heard the dreaded words "we have an issue" over her headset. Things didn't exactly start well, and the planner claims the bride had been quite the bridezilla from day one. She wanted the reception to take place in a historic barn at one of the family properties, which caused numerous ins- ins- uh, issues. It had no water or electricity, leaving the planner to arrange for a bank of generators, buckets of water, and additional auxiliary tents. At the, as the barn wasn't big enough to house all the guests, what a disaster! After hitting Sorry, after hearing what had happened, the planner told guests there would be a short delay before heading to the loo to help her poor assistant who was cleaning the bride off with toilet paper. She (laughs) claims the bride let out a substance no human body should ever emit. Um, She writes, I'm just looking at her manicured nails. Residue of diarrhoea are just embedded in her nail bed. I start trying to scrape the poo out with a fabric stain wipe, but the bride insisted the show must go on. Despite the stench that she brought out of the bathroom with her, which the groom noticed, the newlyweds <laughs> took the place on the dance floor to start the choreographed uh, first dance. The planner writes, as the groom spun his bride around, hand on her waist, he is squishing the poo up insides of the waist stra- uh, trainer, up and out the back waistband. <sighs> to our horror, we watch as an oily stain spread across <laughs> the mid-back of the gown, as we are still cringing from the groom. Uh, uh, sorry, Avery is still cringing from all this. The groom sets his hand firmly in the middle of the poo stain. After the couple fed cake to each other, both repulsed at their poo stained hands. The uh, planner pulled the bride into the support tent to salvage the situation. I think it's gone. She said she was left sponging down a sobbing naked bride uh, while I questioned every decision that led my life to this point. Five minutes into the cleanup, the bride was dressed again, minus the inner lining of her dress, and returned the celebrations a little worse for wear.
1: Yeah, well, part of the issue here was that the bride was wearing shapewear under her dress. As you know, former... Spanx. I like I like to wear spanks under my clothes to make me look thinner. But it's very hard to go to the toilet. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> anyway, her Spanx went from her bra down to her thighs and it was made of latex. It was waterproof. The wedding planner explained... <laughs> like a wetsuit. Yeah. The wedding planner explained... The poo had sort of filled the undergarments like a water balloon of horror. <laughs> My assistant opened up the snap crotch and just re- released the evil trickling down the bride's thighs. It was it was slimy, oily...
0: I don't know if this lady's a wedding planner or Stephen King.
1: <laughs> She's got
0: away with words.
1: It was slimy, oily, with stringy bits and the consistency of hair gel. Oh. And the smell was unrivaled. <laughs> ah, what a great wedding that would have been for her. Anyone want to take home some mud cake with them?
0: <laughs> oh, well, I don't have a lot to say about this story, to be honest, Sid. Um, but that bride, I mean, she should take a long, hard look at herself. What fucking animal shits himself while wearing white? What a disgrace. NRL round six, 2020, and we started on Thursday night when the Newcastle Knights were far too strong for the Brisbane Broncos, winning 27 points to six. Well, another week's hit, another insipid performance from the Broncos. This time, they barely raised a whimper against the Knights at Single Mother Stadium, going down in a four tries to one schmozzle. Uh, to add salt to the wound, the Broncos try was a length of the field interceptor, Xavier Coates, set up ironically by former teammate Andrew McCulloch playing his first game against his old club.
1: Yeah, that should go down as a try assist for McCullough because he's well, oh, he's still getting paid from the Broncos. <laughs> the Bron- and for the next year, too. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But uh the Broncos have now fallen from equal first after two rounds to fourteenth on the ladder. With a points differential of 99, that's 80 points they've scored and 179 points conceded. They are in a real mess, the Broncos. I've got a lot more to say about it later in the show.
0: Yep. Well, here are some things to consider about the Brisbane Broncos right now. The Broncos haven't scored a second half try since the competition restarted. Unbelievable. Uh, And that was on... Sorry, and that was the same on Thursday when they went down to the sheds thirteen six, never yep. to score another point. So far, they've only scored eighty points for the year and yep. only thirty points in the last four games since we returned. Yeah. They're forward against sits, as you said, at a minus ninety-nine. They still haven't won a game in the month we've returned and currently sit at 14th fourteenth on the ladder. Seabold is currently thirteen wins from thirty-two games at the Broncos for a wing percentage of
1: Oh, here's some more stats. Kearney-like. It is Kearney-like. Here's some more stats that show how poorly the Broncos are playing. They're currently the second worst for metres run in games. They are last for forced dropouts. They are last. I didn't even know that this stat existed, but they're last for decoys, which is an interesting stat. Some clubs are criticised for running decoy plays Mm. that are overly predictable, but the Broncos' attack is so stifled – They're not even bothering running uh, effective attacking structures at the opposition defence. And their support runs are second lowest in the league. They've got a great forward pack, but they're young and their halves, Milf and Croft, are simply ineffective, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, like I said, we'll come back off on the Broncos later on the show, but Mitchell Pearce reminded everyone uh, throwing names around for state of origin halfback for the Blues, like Chinocchio, Moses... And Brooks. He's got
1: to be the front runner.
0: He is currently the incumbent and in good form, according to Fulcritt Boys Backyard Stats Lab. Point blank Billy and his Viagra loving cousin shooting blanks Barry. Pierce finished with a try, a meaningless field goal, and to, <laughs> to go with 21 tackles, a try assist, 41 running meters, uh, a line break, and two tackle busts.
1: Yeah, let's not forget about the mighty Knights. Let's not just talk about how shit the Broncos are. The Knights sit. Currently in second on the ladder and they carved up the Broncos in this one. Daniel Saifidi, he had a great game. He ran for 217 metres, had a line break, an offload and a try. The Knights scored four tries to one intercept and had the Broncos covered all night. A good performance from the Mighty Knights.
0: They really were. Um, Friday night, the first game saw the Rabbitohs end the career of Stephen Kearney winning 40 points to 12. Boom. Uh The Rabbitohs found the groove on Friday night, easily accounting for the Tamworth Gosford Warriors in a seven tries to two thumping at Wank Best Stadium. It was all over by half time as the Bunnies led 22 to six. And to be honest, there wasn't a time in the game that the Kiwi team looked like they could threaten Souths. Adam Reynolds individually outscored the Warriors with six goals and a try for 16 points.
1: Yeah, the Warriors led this game 4-0 for the first 10 minutes. And we're about to put on a second try when Gagai intercepted the ball to stop a certain Warriors try. When he was run down, Nikarima found himself in the bin and the floodgates opened. The mm. Bunnies went into halftime, up 22-6, and it was all
0: over for the poor old Warriors. Footage after the game from inside the bunny shed showed Coach Wanye Bennett consoling a visibly upset Latrell Mitchell. Mitchell had another great game at fullback. He Fair had, game. T- he had another great game at fullback. <laughs> Two try assists, four tackle busts and 107 running metres, once again proving many of the fools like Sid Puntz are wrong. But the scenes nah. after the game were the biggest talking point. When it asked why Mitchell was upset, Bennett leapt to the defence of his star man. He may well have been visibly upset, but it's got nothing to do with you, Bennett said. The change room for me has always been a sacred place, and unfortunately the game gave away a lot of our rights to those places. But in my mind and in my head, it's a place where we can go and be who we want to be and not have to answer anyone. Fox Sports Corey Parker believes South City coach Wanye Bennett should have tried to bed questions. Um, sorry, should have tried to put to bed questions about Luttrell. Um, when he was seen in tears on Friday night by telling fans the reasons behind the emotion. Many people on social media suggested Corey Parker could follow his own advice and put to bed the questions about how he has an actual media career.
1: Yeah, it's a divided opinion and I've got more to say about it later in the show. But uh, two more pressing issues out of this game was the Bunnies have now won two in a row against powerhouse clubs, the Titans and Warriors. How will they go against the Panthers next week? And this loss for the Warriors saw the demise of their coach, Stephen Kearney, and the end of four years' worth of Tawira-Nikau jokes. Yeah, Sad
0: day. Well, on NRL.com, before it was announced that Kearney was gone... Uh, Chris Kennedy on NRL.com reported that Warriors coach Stephen Kearney said his injury hit squad is struggling to field 13-on-13 players for opposed training sessions. And it didn't get any easier on Friday night with prop Lachlan Burr sidelined for a fortnight with concussion after a head knock at training and worryingly suffered another head knock just nine minutes into this game against South's David Fusatua Uh, who only just got out of hotel quarantine, also failed at HIA, while emerging back rower Elisa Katoa uh, went off with an ankle injury but was able to return and finish the game.
1: Yeah, it's been a tough nine weeks for the Warriors club. They moved over to Tamworth for isolation. Then they based themselves over here uh, to get their competition up and running. They're running out of players. The NRL community bought memberships for the Warriors in a show of support for all that the team has done to keep that season going. But unfortunately, Kearney's run has come to an end as the Warriors sit in 13th place after this, their fourth loss of the season.
0: Uh, The second game on Friday saw the Panthers too strong for the Storm in one of the games of the round. It was a cracking game. Winning 21 points to 14. Having given up two solid leads in recent games, Friday night proved the saying third time's a charm for the Panthers, who were never headed by the Melbourne team, although on two occasions the Storms scored to square the game up before Penrith kicked away and held on for the win. In the end, it was a three tries to two win with a Nathan Cleary field goal, a meaningful field goal. Yeah, in that the, was a purposeful one. That was in good. In the 76th minute, proving to be the final nail in the coffin for the Storm. It was a great win for the team, who some so-called experts say, experts say, Cannot attack.
1: Well, they scored three tries in 80 minutes and one was against a a solid, one was from a kick, one was from a kick. So, really, it's two tries, but it was a fantastic display from the men from the foot of the mountains. They were in Melbourne's face all game and frustrated the storm. Every time the storm threatened to come back in this one, the Panthers had answers and they went to sleep when a kick from TikTok sensation. Nathan Cleary Saw Kikau score in the 63rd minute And all but seal the game And then he kicked a nice little field goal at the end Just to rub it in
0: their face well, speaking of kick he's 118 kilos of muscle, footballing ability, and a dodgy haircut, who is quickly emerging as one of the most dynamic and destructive players in the game. Not only is he an absolute hammer in defense, in attack he possesses athletic ability and exquisite handling skills, and it was all on display in this game, according to Full Credit The Boys, Backyard Stats Lab, Kick handle, parry, and his hippie brother, hippie sandal, Harry. um, (laughs) Kick out finished with the match winning try to go with 21 tackles, 90 running meters, including 32 post-contact metres. And 51 supercoach points, I yeah, can see on that yeah, chart. cool. Uh, Look- after the game, <laughs> Panthers supercoach Ivan Cleary was full of praise for kick-out. Villiami's a pretty special physical specimen, uh, especially when you're 118 kilos and can do what he can do. I just think his intens- intensity when he's been out on the field has really improved over the past three weeks.
1: Is that your sexy Ivan Cleary voice? Well,
0: I think Cleary's falling for him.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm. Look, I said to Judas during the week, and I mentioned it in the podcast, Give the ball to kick out more. I should be a super coach. Your attack will improve, and here we are. hey, Here we are. But this was a great win for the Penrith Panthers, who I have been critical of. They've got some great players, and they needed to beat a team like the Storm, and they did. A very convincing win, even though it was only sealed late. They've got the Bunnies next week, then a bit of a soft draw, except the Tigers are in there. So we could see the Panthers looking the goods, past the halfway mark of the season.
0: Exclusively and if that... predicted by at former underscore legend.
1: And if that happens, I'll be so happy for <laughs> Ivan. I will. I really will.
0: Uh, Melbourne have mixed their form up since the season resumption as they uh, get their minds around the new rules and playing conditions. I'm
1: trying to exploit them.
0: After, that's right. <laughs> after losing their first game back against the Raiders, noted rugby league experts Sid Puntz and Peter Sterling both agreed that Smith looked, uh, Cameron Smith looked slow and that had time had passed him by.
1: It's not the first time I've been mentioned in the same sentence <laughs> as Peter Sterling.
0: Yeah, usually neither is a good poker machine player. Uh, both pundits changed their minds after the Storm won their next two, with uh, Sid Punce declaring Smith could play for another decade.
1: Yeah, let's hope so.
0: However, it seems one element to the NRL in 2020 that Melbourne and Smith haven't got their minds around is the captain's challenge. In the 37th minute, Smith was penalised for taking out uh, Nathan Cleary. tick sensation Nathan Cleary. In a kick chase, allowing the playmaker to make it eight points to six. Now, the Storm skipper argued his case with referee Ashley Klein, but opted not to challenge the call. When asked by Klein if he wanted to, Smith did eventually use his challenge unsuccessfully, appealing that Penrith had made a second effort on Suliasu Vunavalu to put him into touch in the second half. Some are suggesting the captain's challenge is detrimental. Uh, detrimentally affecting Smith's ability to sway the referees. Klein himself quickly retorted to Smith's inquiry in the first half with, do you want to use your captain's challenge? And then he said, no, then why are you talking to me?
1: Yeah, the best part of this game was seeing Cameron Smith penalised. for. Well, he was penalised for changing his line and taking out uh, Nathan Cleary. But uh, it was a 50-50 call from the ref.
0: I think he would have got it if he
1: appealed. Yeah, well, typically Cam complained to the ref. He was hard done by <laughs> And as you said, Ashley Klein said, do you want a challenge? And Cam continued to complain as he does. He said, I've made my decision. Challenge it if you want. And Smith walked off. Did you see the face he pulled as well? He's like a little kid. Like I'm in the right, (laughs) but shut up. You are. Get lost. But uh, during the week, the refs were criticised for bowing to Cam Smith. Footage from last week's game showed Smith standing in front of the play the ball when Melbourne were in possession. Telling the ref, Oi, blow penalty. He's offside. He's offside. And the refs were criticised. But this week, they were having none of it. And the captain's challenge in this instance was used as a tool to say to Smith, Decision's been made. Challenge it or piss off.
0: It was great. Um, Saturday. And probably the lowest game of the year so far. (laughs) The Dragons were too strong for the Titans, winning 20 points to eight. Good for them. Uh, the Dragons scored their second win on the trot against a gritty but injury-riddled titan side, collecting the two points in a three-tries-to-one grind at Expo 88 Stadium. If it was, as many people suspected, James Graham's last game with the red V, at least he went out with a win, despite coach Mary McGregor dropping him back to the bench for the third game in a row.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's been confirmed now. He's off, but uh, some people pointed out that Super Saturday this week wasn't really super. It looked more like three grades of footy kicking <laughs> off with the Titans and Dragons in A grade, than Wests and the Cowboys in Reserve grade. Before the big game, Roosters versus Eels, but the Titans and Dragons they are in First grade, miraculously. <laughs> and it was two on the trot for Super Coach Mary McGregor, uh, getting home against the hapless Tigers. Who? It's got to be said, the Titans. Uh, did I say Tigers? Yeah, you the said Titans. Bruce. The Titans raced out to a 2-0 lead. They beat the Tigers. <laughs> yes. Let's <laughs> not cover that old ground. But, uh, yeah, the Titans raced out to a 2-0 lead before tries to Lomax. Some were saying 2-0 was uh, almost put the cue in the rack. Game yeah, over. Yeah, I, I think that's what they did. They blew out to 2-0 and then put the cue in the rack. But then Lomax scored, and then this fella. Shut it. Ah. <laughs> Mm. My Billy mm. My Billy
2: she me Mr. So
1: they scored. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Dragons led 12 2 at half time. Ravalava has just signed for another three years, which is uh, fantastic. It's good for, news for our, um, <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> our <laughs> jingles.
1: Sure, sure, we lose to wear a Nick, our jokes, but we still can play that for three more years.
0: Can't see that Jerry baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't use roll. that one.
1: <laughs> But uh, at twelve two 2 at halftime, the Dragons board were already preparing a new extension for Mary McGregor.
0: Well, this game marked the first sporting event in Queensland to permit a small number of spectators in to watch with 1,900 mainly Gold Coast members. Where'd they get them from? Yeah. There to witness their team scrap their way through 80 minutes of footy. In fact, they had to wait until the 76th minute to see the Titans' first try as they endured another game of injuries across the park. It was a cracking
1: try, though. <laughs>
0: Seventy-six minutes, worth the <laughs> worth the wait. It was worth um, it. Winger Philip Sammy was out with a hamstring. Centre Young Tunapaya Tuna, Tuna uh, was Tunapaya. Tuna? Tunapaya. Yep. Yeah. Um, How much
1: longer are they going to call him Young Tunapaya? <laughs> He's been around a while now. It's driving me mad.
0: He was out with a knee and Titans debutant Corey Thompson went down with a head knock and they're all forced off. The Dragons only concern was playmaker Adam Clune being forced off with a head knock in the final 10 minutes. Yeah
1: they seem to cop a lot of injuries the poor old Titans Uh, the only thing worse for me than seeing the hard working and always trying Corey Thompson lose a game in a Tigers jersey is now watching him try hard and losing in a Titans jersey. Mm. He made his debut for the tits in this one Apparently his jaw is fine. He rang me last night. He's a born. But uh he just needs to go through the HIA protocols and should be back next week for the very exciting local derby against the Broncos. Well uh,
0: 14 plays 16. Put, put that on super Saturday. Zach Lomax played his best game of his career for the Red V, according to Full at the Boys Backyard Sats Lab, flying headbutt Harry. And his talented brother, Flying Fruit Bat Barry. Lomax finished with 12 points, including a try, to go with uh, 22 tackles, 70 running metres, uh, line break, and two tackle busts.
1: Yeah, he had a great game, Lomax. Uh, there were some good performances for the Dragons. Not great, but good. It was a pretty low game of footy, but this fella. Just that. Oh, yeah. He did a couple of good things. Uh, Vaughn, he ran for 200 metres, he made 29 tackles. Um, yeah, that's about it. Feel, two two below-average teams dishing up a below-average game.
0: I feel like this is the Dragons might be flat-track bullies. <laughs> That's what I feel like. It's
1: two in a row. Here they come.
0: Uh, Saturday in reserve grade, the West Tigers were too strong for the Cowboys, winning 36 points to 20. Uh, the North Queensland Cowboys won the second half of this game 20 points to 2, which in most circumstances would guarantee you a win. But not when you lose the first half 34-0. And so ended one of the weirdest games of footy as the Tigers tried to right their last few weeks to finally get their third
1: win of the year. Mate, it was a fantastic display from the Tigers. We know how to attack now that Judas is gone. And uh, don't worry about the second half. We were smashed with injuries. We never looked in doubt. Harry Grant, Brooksy, Noffar. Listen, we've got strike strike power all over the park. Too many to mention here. Sure, we slackened off a little bit in the second half, but it was a great win from the mighty Tigers.
0: Well, the win, as you said, came at a cost for the Tigers with injuries to Alex Twile with a uh, medial cruciate ligament in the 29th minute. Is that what
1: MCL stands for?
0: Yep. Uh, Trust me, I've got two of them. Uh, Robert Jennings, who um, did a hamstring in the 31st minute, and Zane Musgrove was out with a foot injury in the 62nd minute, uh, which left them with only one fit man on the bench by game's end. With such an early and insignificant list of injuries, there probably were excuses for the Tigers stopping their scoring blitz. Not that Super Coach Madge Maguire was offering up excuses, saying his team were filthy on themselves for their sub path finish to the game. What a, bar, what a sook. <laughs> it's it's about our attitude and those sorts of things, and I've been talking about that for the last few weeks, and they're the things that we were disappointed with, Maguire said.
1: Yeah, it looks like Jennings, Musgrove and Twole will all be unavailable this week. A big loss for us will be Alex Twell. Not sure how he's long. He's great. Uh, he's unreal. Not sure how long he'll be out for. But he hasn't missed a tackle since 2009. Not sure that's true, but it's written here. We'll miss him. In good news for the Tigers on the injury front, Tommy Talao looks like he'll be back for Jennings. And Shane Sean Bloor, sorry, the new recruit from the Panthers, he probably comes into in a contention in the forward. Yeah, he's only a pup, but they do have big wraps on him. It was a coup signing him over from the Panthers. But he just couldn't see a future over there because they don't attack very well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, The Cowboys were without a number of big-name players themselves. Injured stars Valentine Holmes, Michael Morgan and John Asiata and Jordan McLean were all on the sideline. All
1: I'm hearing is excuses.
0: (laughs) Possession wasn't the problem for the Queensland Cowboys, but they had 53% of the ball, including a glut of tackles inside the opposing 20 metres and completed 33 of 38 sets overall. But it took an 85-metre intercept try to Josh Drinkwater in the 55th minute to finally get the Cowboys on the board. And despite a couple more quick tries after that, there was already too much damage inflicted by the Tigers in the first half for the Cowboys to overcome.
1: Yeah, they had heaps of ball and field possession, the Cowboys. But the West's defence, they just kept repelling them in a good sign for the Tigers, but a worrying sign for the Cowboys. They looked terrible in the first half and didn't catch Paul Green let them know it at
0: halftime. Wow.
1: What a spray that was.
0: First grade kicked off at around uh, 8 o'clock on Saturday night. <laughs> When the Roosters were too good for the Eels winning 24 points to 10. Uh, The Parramatta Club record of most wins to start a season will remain at 5 after the Roosters handed the Eels a reality check in a 14 point victory at Wankbeth Stadium in the game of the round on Saturday night. Uh, The game before was pretty good. (laughs) The Roosters have now won 4 on the trot since the season uh, went into hibernation and Nick Politis' alternate table has them easily on top while the official table has them currently 4th. The game was a good test for the Eels who came away knowing uh, the game ended three tries to two, but it was the last 20 minutes when the Roosters put them to the sword.
1: Yeah, it was a cracking game of footy that had everything, it had big hits, entertaining tries. It was a real arm wrestle for most of the match until the Roosters sealed this one late. I thought Jennings had a good game for the Eels. He scored a try early in the second half after six straight sets to Parramatta, and when he set up Sevo, who steamrolled Teddy to uh, score in the 59th minute. Looked like the Eels would go on with it, but uh, the Roosters strolled through some poor defence from Mahoney and Mitchell just two minutes later that saw Kiri break through and set up Cordner for a try and it swung the momentum back and it was game on. I
0: hate to be uh, Captain Obvious here, but... Jeez, they've got class all across the park, haven't they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it seems like they've got Morris' on both sides of the Unbelievable. field. It's weird.
0: Um, there were serious concerns for James Teddy Tedesco. Freddie. The- Freddie. In the 58th minute, after Mika Sivo used Teddy as a speed hump, with the Roosters fullback not knowing for several minutes where he was, um, and he did his best impersonation of a kangaroo throwing itself under a nullable road train. Sivo scored the four-pointer as Teddy went to the sheds to try and work out where he was and to set a new record for most Panadol consumed by a man in one evening.
1: Yeah, it was a massive hit from Sivo on Teddy. here. Uh... He just Jonah low mood him, didn't he?
0: Oh. oh. Like,
1: Teddy, he always throws himself at defenders. And in this instance, he probably shouldn't have. No. Uh, I think you,
0: from up in Brisbane, you heard Darius Boy go, see? That's yeah, why. that's why. You're an idiot. What's wrong with you, you idiot? You do the, oh, did you go left? I went right. Nah.
1: <laughs> but uh, Freddie Tedesco was said to be feeling better after the game. Uh, HIA protocols. Could see him miss the next game. And well, he probably think- should. Have a rest.
0: I think um, they did the HIA test on him, and he couldn't spell HIA. So it's <laughs> yeah. a week out straight <laughs> that's away. That's a bit
1: of a worry, but uh, they've got plenty of depth. One of those Morris boys could fill in at fullback for him next week. Which one? He'll be fine. The, the fullback one.
0: <laughs> it was a relatively quiet night for Blake Ferguson, who was contained by Josh slash Brett Morris. See, you don't even know which one's which. <laughs> Ferguson finished with 124 metres, a tackle bust, and eight tackles of his own. But he provided us with a single play that pretty much encapsulates the 2020 season when he kicked a Luke Keary grubber dead. Ferguson kicked it with such force that it travelled hard into the face of a Bulldogs fan cardboard cutout sitting in the front row. Ferguson then ran down and approached the cardboard cutout to apologise and make sure the fan was okay. (laughs)
1: It's a strange old season, 2020 in the NRL. But uh, Dick Fingers apologising to a cardboard cutout in the crowd, it just seems par for the course now. (laughs) I hope it wasn't the uh, cardboard cutout of Beer Boy's dog that I see every week <laughs> in the crowd. Good old Pepper. But uh, another unusual thing I've noticed in this fake crowd noise on Fox, whenever the roosters score, this is heard. <coughs> Who's in charge of that? I don't Who's know. Who's doing that?
0: It's not annoying.
1: I don't dislike it. <laughs> Uh it's just another weird thing that's happening in this season.
0: Did they do it when they beat Brisbane by a million to nil? Oh, can you imagine his <laughs> finger would get
1: sore just pressing this uh, just pressing again? Uh.
0: Sunday and the Raiders weren't strong enough in going down to the Sea Eagles 14 points to six. And what was described after the game by Supercoach Des Hasler as the toughest win in Manly history, an injury-decimated Seagulls held on to beat the highly fancied Raiders at a slippery Meth Lab Stadium. The Seagulls lost 5 8 Dylan Walker and winger Brad Parker very early in the game, and then were left in shock when Tom Trojevic went down with yet another hamstring injury. And let's not forget the Manly started the game without prop Marty Tapau, uh centres Moses Suli and winger Jorge Tafua despite all these casualties, merely somehow scored two tries and then defended for their lives for 45 minutes to secure the win. Yeah, it was an amazing effort from the Eagles. All jokes aside, it was a cracking win.
1: Before this game, I nearly switched my tip, but when when you saw how many of them were out and uh, the brief fight back from the Raiders, is an amazing effort for the Eagles. Uh, This was a good display from them. In a good game of footy, an absolute ball tear of a tackle on Manly player Goshevsky from Corey Horsbrah, Horsbrah, fired up the Raiders at one point. But later in the game, Manly got their own back on Rapina when Curtis Sirinan absolutely poleaxed him from a 20-meter restart. There were some good hits in this one.
0: There was. While there were no passengers for Manly, special mention must go to Curtis Sirinan, as you said, yeah. who saved two tries in the last uh, 10 minutes of the game. Uh, amongst his 30 tackles. He also made 90 metres with the ball, had five tackle busts, and like most of the Manly side, played the full 80 minutes. Also, on top of all those stats, Sirinan had two severe leg cramps with 15 minutes to go.
1: Yeah, he's really come on as a player the past couple of seasons. He had a great game in this one. The Manly players that were left out there had to stand up as the Raiders fought back to 12-6, and Sirenen certainly did that, having a great game. I said it a few weeks ago that the Raiders are going to have a tough time in this COVID-19 draw. And I would suggest that after two losses in their past three games, there's probably a bit of panic setting in in the nation's capital.
0: Well... I don't know if there's panic. Maybe there should be. Maybe there shouldn't be. But there are some questions being asked of the Raiders' attacks, particularly since the resumption of the competition. They are averaging 15 points per game in the past month of footy. And to be honest, in this game, they look pretty clueless in developing any sort of attacking plan against Manly. Import halfback George Williams had another quiet game for the Raiders, while his halves partner Jack Whiten was hot and cold once again, combining a try, uh, sorry, and a try assist with handling errors. For those playing at home. Whiten is currently third in the comp for errors in 2020.
1: Yeah, they're out of sorts, the Raiders. Uh, Croker, very... I think it
0: is that travelling thing. I actually do. Yeah, but it seemed to start straight away.
1: So I think there's a bit more to it than that. But uh, Croker very nearly got them back in the game with 18 minutes to go. And Rapiner went close in the corner. But the manly side was just too good. They hung on in a game that Phil Gould also described as as good a win as he's ever seen from a manly side.
0: There you go. Yeah. High praise. The final game of NRL round six in 2020 saw the Sharks just pip the Bulldogs 20 points to 18. Given the poor quality of the Dragons-Titans game just 24 hours earlier, there weren't many high hopes for this game, yet it was an entertaining counter from start to finish as the Sharks consigned the Dogs to their fifth loss in six games. But it took the entire 80 minutes to secure the result as the Dogs made a late run before falling agonisingly short with the final margin being just the two points.
1: Yeah, it was a surprisingly entertaining game. Dallin Watini zelezniak having seen some big hits in the previous game, said, I'll see that and <laughs> raise you an absolute bone-crushing tackle on Matt Moylan. Uh, two players were binned in this one, Nakora for the Sharks and Wakeman for the Bulldogs. The Wakeman sin-binning started a scuffle. It was fisticuffs or you know handbags at 10 paces nowadays. Foreign scored a try from a kick from a second rower. Actually, this game had everything. <laughs>
0: it was amazing. All four sharks tries were scored by their wingers, with Bryson Goodwin hitting the ground running at his new club, crossing over for the match winner. But it was the game of Sione Katoa that impressed a couple of the boys down the forecourt of the boys' backyard stats lab, knee-capping Carl and his hilarious brother knee-slapping Steve. Katoa scored a hat-trick to go with uh, three tackles, three tackles, um, 132 <laughs> running metres, uh, two line breaks, and six tackle busts.
1: He also had zero try assist and 111 super Coach points. But it was a great display from Katoa scoring his first hat trick and it was a good win for the Sharkies. It was interesting yesterday on Twitter to see full credit to the boys' very own Jamie Soward calling for the Sharks to have Moylan replace Sean Johnson at halfback to partner Townsend in the halves. A lot has been said about the Cronulla team this year and quite often the blame is laid at Sean Johnson's feet but Jason Oliver, at Jason NRL on Twitter, mm. a stats man, has pointed out that he's a good, Johnson... a good
0: account. Follow that account if you don't.
1: Yeah, he's pointed out that Johnson leads the league in try assists. He leads the league in line engagements, is second for forced dropouts, and is running for a career-high 90 metres per game this season. And Twitter erupted yesterday. A lot of people <laughs> going hard against Sowie, saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. There's a number of highly paid players at Cronulla, as we've discussed recently,
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and a lot of them have to grab a mirror and have a good hard look at themselves. Maybe it's not all falling at the feet or shouldn't fall at the feet of uh, Johnson.
0: No, maybe not. Um, Now, despite a gutsy effort against the Sharks, the dreaded coach under the spotlight award was removed from the beautiful eyes of John Morris (laughs) and shifted back to the squinty eyes of Dean. Sleepy. Sleepy. Sleepy eyes eyes of Dean Pay (laughs) (laughs) after this game. Once again, we're not sure what this bloke's meant to have been doing given the players he has available to him. But in the past seven days, both Craig Bellamy and Wanye Bennett have been linked to the club to take Pay's place. After the game, Pay was questioned about his future at the club and he said, we need to buy some quality players to put around these other young blokes who turn up and give 100% each week. But there's no doubt, I think we're heading in the right direction. I can't argue with that. We say it every week. They try hard, the doggies. They're only about
1: probably 11 first grade players away from a good team, <laughs> but they always put in.
0: Well, obviously, the biggest story to come out of the NRL this week was Stephen Kearney, who was sensationally sacked uh, after the Warriors were dusted by the Bunnies on Friday night, with the club announcing his immediate dismissal on Saturday afternoon. Toddy Payton will step up into the place for the foreseeable future. Kearney leaves the Warriors post with a 42% win rate from 77 games, Seabold-like, after signing (laughs) a contract extension just last year for another three years. It is the second time he's been sacked by a club after finishing his first head coaching job at Parramatta in 2012. Club CEO Cameron George said the club had not uh, yet drawn up a shortlist of candidates for the role, though the likes of... Nathan Brown, Anthony Griffin, Jeff Tuvey, and Trent Barrett are free agents bo- uh, boasting NRL experience, while current assistant coaches Craig Fitzgibbon and Jason Riles, are rated as NRL coaches of the future. One name that hasn't been mentioned, and what I think should be on the sorry, and a name that should be on the Warriors' radar, uh, is John Cartwright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people will probably say, "What during the lockdown?" What <laughs> during the lockdown when we went back through old rounds of footy through the years. I forgot just how close to actual success Cartwright got with the Titans. And now he's uh, Manley's assistant coach.
1: They had a couple of good seasons, but they had some good players.
0: Yeah, they did. They did. But I reckon he's the type of hard head um, that could get him over the line. Interesting. Um, and I, don't, I think he, he would probably bring some good players with him too.
1: Yeah. I so, don't know where they're going to go.
0: Yeah. Well, I've just, got an just, idea. Just an idea. We
1: might float the idea a bit later.
0: Yeah. Uh, caretaker coach Todd Payton said he couldn't rule out any players wanting to withdraw from the 2020 Jeez. campaign. <laughs> really? Kearney's exit was another hammer blow on top of the Warriors' isolation in Australia due to travel restrictions amid COVID-19. Uh, some may want to return home, Payton said on Sunday. Yesterday, it was an emotionally charged day. Stephens very well respected and loved by the players. I don't know how they feel for how they feel from an anger situation, but it's hit them pretty hard in the face. The Warriors are two from two after the competition's resumption, making Kearney's acting something of a surprise. Yet, the Rugby League Week mole, sorry, the Channel 9 mole, uh, has (laughs) revealed that New Zealand had tried to sack Kearney last year, only to hand him a contract extension due to a power play by the coach's agent. Isaac Moses.
1: Ah, Here we go again. Old Isaac Moses. I think I mentioned last week or the week before that about six or seven players at the Warriors are managed by Isaac Moses. And uh, Kearney, miraculously, is also managed by him. And the talk this week from the mole was that last year, Moses threatened an exodus of players out of the club if Kearney wasn't retained, which saw the Warriors panic and give Kearney a three-year extension, they will now have to pay out Kearney's contract. But With Isaac Moses' accreditation being stripped this week, the Warriors apparently, according to the mole... Under appeal, but... Oh, it is under, under appeal, but uh, the Warriors, hearing this news, took advantage and uh, sacked Kearney straight away. It's interesting times. Mm. This is what happens when someone gets their claws into your club.
0: Um, Allegedly, allegedly. NRL clubs will be able to host games at their regular home grounds in two weeks' time as Canterbury explore explore the prospect of hosting up to 10,000 fans at ANZ Stadium starting next month.
1: Who's going to want to go to that?
0: Well, yeah, I know. I don't know. Maybe if you want to get out of the house... um, The Australian Rugby League Commission, ARLC, confirmed on Friday that from round eight, teams can return to their traditional venues, starting with Melbourne's showdown with 2018 grand final opponents, the Roosters at Amy Park. Well, things have changed since then. That's not
1: applicable Um, anymore.
0: The Raiders will also be able to take their clash with the Dragons back to GIO Stadium the following day, with the ACT government approving a pilot stadium program for between 1,000 to 2,000 fans to attend games in July.
1: They can only be pilots.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently. uh, The Warriors will remain based on the New South Wales Central Coast, well, some of them will be, and play out of (laughs) Gosford amid hopes that a New Zealand-Australia bubble will allow travel between the two countries and the Kiwi Club to return home at some point during the season.
1: Yeah, this New Zealand-Australia bubble will not include Victoria. I've been saying this for years, we should get rid of Victoria. (laughs) But uh, I think this will be good for the Raiders. They've had to, as we said before, take all their clashes up to Campbelltown and they're looking pretty tired. So I thought it was a strange decision to start with, taking their games out of Canberra when there wasn't really a COVID-19 issue down there. So this couldn't come at a better time for the Raiders.
0: Mm. Former Bulldog and current Dragon James Graham has been granted an immediate release from the Dragons to go back to England and return to his former club of St. Helens. Um understand he played about 180 games between the two clubs. Absolute champion. Probably yes. changed the way rugby league was played for a couple of seasons until people figured it out. He was like a, a very large second halfback in the back line.
1: A great player.
0: Um, yeah, and by all accounts, a hell of a good bloke. Yeah, he liked just, it, likes a drink.
1: Yeah, what did he say when he's leaving? He said he used to drink cups of tea and... Uh, pints, and now he's drinking, drinking almond lattes and craft beer from his time <laughs> in Australia. But yeah, great bloke like, funny guy, apparently by all accounts, a lovely chap, mm. and personally I wish him all the best. Absolutely. Another one walking out the door from the Masons.
0: <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, news that broke probably just as we uh, published last week's show, but Caelan Ponga has signed a four-year Five million dollar deal with the Knights, which has been labelled by Knights boss, uh, whoever that is, um, as the Newcastle's greatest ever signing.
1: Yeah, and he's also shout out to Joey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> greatest ever signing, as he said, as he's sweating, thinking, "How are we going to pay for this?" <laughs> but yeah, good luck to him. It's a strange time to be doing such a big deal, but yeah. if the Knights think those, he's worth it, a few of those Tinkler dollars
0: still floating around there. I reckon? don't know. Johnson, the stepper.
2: For the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory.
0: To be Sports News. All right. If you want to hear a saga, strap yourself in and get comfortable. AFL, hashtag talk other games down. Less than two weeks into the AFL's return to action, the season has come under a cloud following a positive coronavirus test. Essendon player and Irishman Connor McKenna has been reported as the player to have tested positive with the Bombers as they were set to take on the Melbourne Demons on Sunday afternoon. Essendon's game against Melbourne was officially delayed following the news of McKenna's positive test. McKenna had tested negative five times with his last negative test being returned on Wednesday before an irregular test result on Friday saw one more test taken, which returned positive on Saturday. Questions were raised over why McKenna was allowed to train with the group after being reported as um, being on, uh, sorry, as irregular. However, AFL journalist Mark McGowan clarified he did not train with the Bombers on Saturday morning. The fallout from the positive test will see the Bombers facing a fortnight with all without, get this, almost their entire defence line because of the way they structured their eight-man training groups. Um, the players, I won't even bother naming them, were, the, um, which is basically their entire back line, were the players who participated in a Friday weight session with McKenna. If health, health officials make the call, they'll all need to quarantine for two weeks. Wow. But the season will continue without them, and that includes the Bombers. In fact, AFL General Counsel, Andrew Dillon, General Counsel? I want that job. Um, <laughs> you reckon you get – probably yes. people salute him, I reckon. Yeah, um, yeah, you'd want to. On Sunday, compared to their potential absence to a run of injuries. We're announcing today that we are postponing the Essendon v Melbourne game tomorrow after receiving notification that an Essendon player had gone positive to COVID-19. Uh, McKenna is facing a long-term suspension after being un- understood to have breached the AF- AFL's strict COVID-19 protocols before contracting the virus. Uh, according to the Herald Sun, the Essendon defender has admitted to attending an open house viewing as well as visiting family and friends despite direct warnings from his club. McKenna was warned by the Bombers after teammate Brandon Zark Th- Thatcher Uh, had a breach of COVID-19 protocols resulting in the youngster being suspended for one match. Conor McKenna could be suspended for the foreseeable future for sparking the COVID breach that, of course, has plunged the AFL season into peril, Uh, veteran AFL columnist John Ralph told Fox Footies Sunday Ticket.
1: Well, to be honest, this guy is a dickhead. Yes. He has gone against the protocols put in place and has now put the whole AFL competition into jeopardy This is a billion-dollar industry, and I'm not even joking about it. The bloke should be severely penalised for this breach. It's dead set, Dick Hattery. But, uh, of course, when the pirate Peter Fitzsimons heard about the AFL player tested positive, he immediately called into question the NRL's decision (laughs) to lower restrictions on NRL players. (laughs) What? The NRL have not had any cases because we put strict measures into place, and we're sticking to it. Piss off, Pete. The NRL is going from strength to strength, and the AFL is in all sorts and floundering.
0: I just pray, because this is the problem with all this. All it takes is one bloke to go, ah, what are the chances? And, and it'll bust it open, right?
1: Well, this is two blokes from the same club down there, and no, they're not I'm listening. Is, yeah, I know what you're for, saying. For the NRL,
0: right? Like, pray, It's already been proven. Don't, hope, don't dick around. Hopefully the NRL has also taken this on board and gone, listen, guys, this is how easy it is. Please, for the love of God, if you want your paycheck, if you want your mates to be paid this year, if you want the game to go ahead, if you don't want to be the most hated man in Queensland and New South Wales, please don't.
1: Well, they are, they are flaunt, now... Flaunt
0: the rules, please. They're now
1: easing the restrictions on NRL players. That's why Melbourne have had to come up to either... I think they're basing themselves in Sydney from now on.
0: Yeah, I heard, heard that too. Um
1: yeah, the, the NRL should be congratulated. We haven't had any of these dickheads.
0: And uh, how's Push Ahead Pete going anyway? Yeah,
1: Push Ahead Pete. Still doing a good job. Instead of piss off Pete Fitzsimons.
0: AFL, the Swans finally won a game for Sydney teams uh, since the re-emergence from the, oh, what else is boring? <laughs> from the COVID <laughs> lockdown, beating North Melbourne by 11 points, while the GWS Caps lock... Giants... Went down once again, this time to the Bulldogs in another rubbish quality game, losing by four goals. They scored 33 points. That's good, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that was really good. I tried to watch some of this AFL on the weekend and I found myself vacuuming instead. (laughs) (laughs) I'd actually rather do chores than
0: watch that shit show. Speaking of shit shows, rugby. Uh, hashtag talk other games down. Ex Wallabies captain John Eels and former Prime Minister John Howard have been recruited to a board created to drive Australia's bid to host the 2027 Rugby World Cup.
1: Could you get two more dynamic people? <laughs> Jeez.
0: I'm jumping on board this. How many beers would you have with those two? Wow. Uh, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. None. None. Uh, (laughs) New Rugby Australia chairman, Hamish McClellan, of course his name's Hamish, uh, announced the advisory board on Tuesday, a day after formally taking over the leadership of the troubled union. McLennan said securing the 2027 World Cup geez, will Rugby Union be around by then, Uh, was amongst his highest priorities. I think that's a
1: problem right there, that this is his highest priority.
0: (laughs) The 2027 World Rugby Cup is an incredible opportunity for rugby and for our country, and we have signalled our intentions clearly by bringing together some of the greatest minds in rugby, politics and business, and the tourism sector, to deliver a winning bid for Australia, he said.
1: That's fantastic. He's doing a great job. What's his name? Something hyphenated, Haitian hyphenated McLennan. With these patches on his elbows, let's get straight in and let's get uh, Johnny Howard on board. It'll change the country. I think he
0: said it's good for the country that we have a Rugby World Cup here. Whatever. What's the next story? (laughs) Tennis. Hashtag talk other games down. Grigor Dimitriov and Dorna Koric have both tested positive for COVID-19.
1: Speaking of shit show.
0: Leading to the cancellation of an exhibition event in Croatia where top-ranked Novak Djokovic was due to play in the final. Gurren Ivanovic, one of Djokovic's coaches, said the news from Dmitriov was shocking and now that everyone will have to be tested. Uh, there's photos of uh, Novak's playing basketball against um, Grigor that you would think was um, a bit of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu if you didn't know if there yeah. wasn't, wasn't a basketball in the Shirts photo. off? Were there? Almost, yeah. 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 yeah mine was straight away. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was tweaking the nipples and looking at it. Hopefully you still had your spanks on. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Nick Kyrgios said it was a boneheaded decision to allow the event to go ahead in the first place after Korik made his positive test known on social media. Dmitryov said he was making his condition public because he wanted to make sure anyone who had been in contact with me during these past days gets tested. I'm so sorry for any harm I might have caused, he said. The Bulgarian featured last week in the Serbia League of the Adria Tour exhibition event organised by Novaks. Uh, There was criticism that there were no social distancing at the event, which took place before packed stands in Belgrade, the Serbian capital. The Serbian government lifted most virus restrictions last month despite dozens of new cases being registered. Organisers said Sunday the exhibition has now been cancelled. Djokovic has been scheduled to play Russia's Audrey Rublev in the final.
1: Is that it? That's it. But yeah. The one Look, thing
0: I'll say about this is the New York Open is set to go ahead still. Yeah. And there are a number of players, Kyrgios included, who don't want a part of it. Yeah. Would you play it? Well, I don't
1: know. I'd I'd play the Australian Open. Uh, that's in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I'd play the, play the Brisbane Open. I'd play the New Zealand Open. <laughs> I don't know, but this... This it's is ridiculous. This the, was a Nandi Cup. Sh- this was a stupid idea from Novak Djokovic, but uh,
0: he's got a couple
1: of bad ideas in him. But uh, a tennis comp in Serbia, where people have caught coronavirus, Fitzsimons has jumped straight on board and asking, "What's the NRL going to do about it?" <laughs> having a function or an event? Are you part of a sporting or community group? Do you have a birthday, anniversary, bucks or hens night coming up? Mare Inc. can supply any custom product you can imagine. Custom made t-shirts, aprons, stubby holders, cushions, shopping bags, hoodies, tote bags, vinyl stickers and decals. Or put your business logo on a range of workwear. Go to mayorinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mayor Inc. has you covered. Go to mayorinc.com.au. Go to mayorinc.com.au.
0: All right, Sid, let's uh, spin this again. The Drill Down. Lots happening this week in rugby league, and we thought we'd uh, uh, cover the well, what we determined to be the five biggest topics for the week. Yep. Let's start up north in Brisbane. Uh, currently, the Broncos are sitting an unacceptable 14th on the ladder. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, very acceptable. Um, <laughs> You're loving it. Uh, mate.
1: Them but, and the Roosters. Yeah. When they're going bad, rugby league's going well <laughs> in your eyes.
0: Mate, it's been a better time. Um, yeah, and given how strong they've been all the time, just to see them down that low, one's a novelty, and two, is music to my ears. <laughs> um, now, they've been handed their ass uh, by Parramatta and the Roosters. They've been beaten hands- handsomely by Souths. They uh, got overrun by Manly. Um, we'll talk about their coach in a moment, mm-hmm. but what do you reckon's going wrong with the Broncos?
1: Well, for me, there's a lot going wrong with the Broncos. They've gambled on, let's be honest, a rookie coach in Seabold. Mm. They have a rookie roster. Mm -hmm. They've uh, shut out former greats from the club. Uh, I spoke last week about what Gordon Tallis has said about the Broncos in recent times. And this week he doubled down on Fox. He said, I'm not sure whether Seabold has the runs on the board and the CEO, Paul White. He's been there for four coaches. I'm not sure whether he's making the right decisions. And that's why they've gone and bought Ben Teo. And Isaac Luke, they've missed Caelan Ponga. Mm. They've missed players. The decisions that are getting made there are poor. And uh, when you talk about the old boys going back and having an influence on the club and players, he's kept us at arm's length. That's all from Gordy. It's no secret Gordy's bitter about the treatment of Kevy Walters. That's right. Who had a handshake deal up
0: there, as are plenty of other uh, ex- Broncos players. I, I found Gordy's comments interesting uh on the weekend on if you heard on Triple M where he kind of had a half a dig at Darren Lockyer.
1: He did actually though. Which it, I
0: found it's almost like he sort of stopped himself the and family. then he thought,
1: no, you know, what, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. But he made a good point that uh up there they can pick the eyes out of all the junior
0: clubs across the whole of Queensland. Well, when you look at their list, it's full of absolute young guns and and probable future stars or potential superstars anyway. You've got Xavier Coates, Haas, Pangoi Jr., uh, Fafita, Offa Hengawi. You've got Lodge, you've got Milford, you've got Croft, you've got Turpin, you've got Dearden. Now, a few of those blokes have been already earmarked as, well, potential guns, especially in Turpin and And, Dearden. You've got your... Uh, well, we'll talk about Croft in a minute, but you've also got your forwards like the Pengui Juniors of the world, the Fafitas of the world. But apparently the Broncos are still stinging that they didn't get the signature of Kalen and Ponga, as you mentioned. Yeah, it really sticks in their craw. So the story is it's almost become obsessive to sign all these young blokes. I mean, to do that, they've had to clear the decks of a lot of uh, experience. Names like Maguire, James Roberts, Cody Nicarema, Jordan Kahu, Andrew McCulloch. But, um... If you look at their stats, as we said earlier on the show, their attack is as bad as a Broncos side's ever been.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about some of those players. And perhaps, as you say, they're trying to avoid another Ponga situation and sign all these young kids. Mm. And again, I'm going to go back to the old Isaac Moses tale because Gordy has mentioned a couple of times now that uh, a certain manager, he's probably too scared to say who it is, (laughs) I'm not too scared because I looked up who Isaac Moses uh, manages up there. Um, He manages Alex Glenn, Matt Lodge, Panguy Jr., Staggs, Dick Turpin, and a host of others. He has McCulloch on his books, Mm. who was released to the Knights, and now the Broncos are panicking because they've released too many old heads, so they had to go out and sign Isaac Luke and Ben Teo, who miraculously – is again on Isaac Moses's books. Um, their youth policy, I guess, like we're saying, they're a bit scared. They've got to sign all these guys, but at the moment, it's an abject failure. You need old heads in the mix. And while they've got some great young talent coming through, the mix is not right up there. And I, I, totally I don't agree know whose that. fault that is. Who's pulling the strings up there? Well, is it, it, is it seems it a like a player manager. Is it uh, the old.
0: It seems like between White. Seabold and Moses. This is White who
1: Gordy describes as an uh, ex-glassy from the club. He he doesn't have a lot of good things to say about Paul White.
0: As we say about the juniors you've got there, that is genuinely, there are some cracking potential names there. The problem is it's potential. And in my eyes, if if they have a couple more years or a year like they're having at the moment where they're getting their ass handed to them regularly by good teams, losing... You you yeah. learn losing by losing.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And I don't know that losing with these young blokes is going to be so good come down the track.
1: Well, this, Do you know what I mean. And yeah, I, I exactly. think you'll actually
0: find potentially, I reckon you'll find a, a few of these young blokes will be, um, well, I reckon a few of the top teams will try and pick them up, and they'll mm-hmm. pick them up for cheaper because eventually these kids, if if the Broncos keep travelling down the road that they're travelling and keep getting beaten. These kids are going to be are going to have stars in their eyes when someone like the Roosters or the Storm or, or the even Tigers, the, even the Raiders or the Tigers, obviously <laughs> the Tigers, um, but they're going to have stars in their eyes when teams like that come and knocking.
1: Well, that's the what Gordy is, but
0: they'll, they'll, they'll pick the eye teeth out of them, but also they'll ha- they'll say to them, "We can't offer you what the Broncos yeah. are offering you, but if you're sick of losing, give us a yell."
1: Well, that's what Gordy was saying. He's uh, he said like he famously sat out a season at St George because he wanted to go and play at the Broncos. And he said this whole thing where people used to go there for less money. We'll laugh at it in Sydney, but it was kind of true back then. You wanted to play in a winning culture with a winning coach and a chance to further your football. These are young blokes that are on big money. And if they're, they're getting used to losing, that's uh, a worry. other clubs will be circling. Yep. But, this, but this is the path they've gone down with Seabold. They've given him a five or six-year contract.
0: And this is his youth policy. He's got a five-year contract with another year exactly. in his favour. which so, is That is an extraordinary, another wonderful piece of management by <laughs> Isaac Moses. What a deal.
1: But this is the thing. Do they stick with Seabold with his grand vision well, we'll talk in five about years? Him. We'll talk about him in a minute. Who is pulling the strings up there?
0: Um, let's just look at their, let's simplify it down. And rugby league is a very simple game. Their attack is as bad as a Broncos side's ever been. They are fourth last in number of points scored in 2020. Yes. There's only three worse teams than them, and you don't have to think too long to think who they are. And they are only second to the Titans in the number of points scored against them in 2020, which is the most unbroncos like of all stats. Well, it is. Uh, make no mistake, I reckon, they are a very low team right now, and they'll, they'll get a win this weekend against the Titans – and that might help. Maybe. Well, I think they will. And and that'll help paper over the cracks. But the fact remains, they're a long way from being in the top teams in 2020. It's Des- a, it's despite a... predictions from some of the leading lights <laughs> of rugby league journalism, like Neil Breen. Yep. Um, <laughs> He's got to say that. He's who, gone up there on radio. They'll be leading the, leading the table.
1: Yeah. But this, like I said, this is Seabold's policy to blood all these young blokes and he's got a ready-made excuse when they don't win that oh, it's a young team. You know, I'm here for six years. I'm building. Mm. But the Broncos, faithful. The Broncos club do not suffer losses. So nope. something's going to have to
0: give. And I just want to go to look at something that I don't think gets discussed often enough. But I spoke to um, Andrew Ferguson for Rugby League Project. Oh, big dick. <laughs> Old skinny. Skinny. Um, now, here's some stats for you that I find interesting and yeah. it proves – that actually there are a number of teams that are disadvantaged compared to the Broncos in the way the draws being done. Okay. Now, the glamour Thursday, Friday night time slots, yep. which are advantageous on a number of reasons. First of all, guaranteed TV. Yes. Second of all, guaranteed seven days between games. Because well, they, they're if, getting them... If you're getting them constantly. They're getting them more often than not. Yes. The Broncos, between Thursday night and Friday night time slots... of their games are played on either a Thursday or a Friday night. Yeah, that's amazing. 64%. The nearest after them is Souths at 46%. This is over the last 10 years. Wow, that's a huge
1: difference as well.
0: So the Broncos have had 166 games on a Thursday or a Friday night. This is between 2010 and
1: 2020.
0: Uh The, The Bunnies are 119, 46%. Yep. So they are... 50 games less. Uh, The Dogs are next to 109. Para then goes down to 77. They're fourth on the list, and yet they are almost 100 games off the Broncos.
1: Yeah, wow. That is a massive advantage.
0: If you go right down to the bottom, the Titans are 55, who cares? The Sharkies. (laughs) Sharkies are at 41 games on a Thursday or Friday night. Uh, the
1: nights for a long time there didn't Sharkies play all Saturday nights? Yes. That was a that was an
0: advantage. It was a hellhole out there, especially when it rained. Um the Knights are at thirty nine. Yeah, wow. Uh Warriors and the poor old Raiders, mate, Ricky might have a point. They're at eleven percent of their games are played on a Thursday or, or on a Friday night. Free to
1: Thursday or Friday. If you
0: want to look at just Thursday nights, all right. Brisbane are at thirty five games. They're number one. 13% of their games just on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. The Dogs are next at 28. If you go down to the bottom, the Knights are a one game Wow, on Thursday nights. This is this is only a couple of weeks ago. This was true. So it might have adjusted since then, but not by mm-hmm. much. Raiders are at four. So you've got – I know the Storm. Take them into the equation because they actually prefer not to play down there on a Friday night because they're up against – AFL down there on a Friday oh, night. Oh, what else is boring? So it suits them not to play. The Roosters are at 16 games. At 6% are on Thursday nights. So the Broncos are twice as many as the Roosters.
1: No matter which way you look at it, it is, is a huge, huge advantage. advantage.
0: <laughs> your, your crowds are going to know we play Thursday or Friday night. Yep. Right? Not, not, oh, do we have to go somewhere on Saturday afternoon? Or yeah, s- well,
1: let's look up the draw. You just assume. Someone says, do you want to go to the footy? Yeah, I'm yeah. off Friday nights,
0: So and Thursday nights. It's not only that, It's great for sponsorship. The advantage that you're, you can bring it to sponsors saying, we're guaranteed TV almost.
1: Yeah, that's like us. We can guarantee that every Wednesday. <laughs> we should get more sponsors.
0: 64% of the time Brisbane are playing, they're playing in front of a TV audience. Yes. As in as in free-to-air and pay TV. Yeah, absolutely. Which is important. It is. Right? So can you imagine saying that to a sponsor as compared to, like I said, go down the list. Canberra. Canberra, the Warriors, the Knights, they're all on 12%, 15%. So they're at a huge disadvantage compared to the Broncos. Yes. So I don't think that you can offer them any excuses as far as – in fact, I think they've had a dream run. Do you reckon
1: they're they're deliberately throwing this season because there's talk that there'll be a second Brisbane team? No, but I think – Can they say at the end of the year, look how shit we're going, we can't have competition? Scarily, I think
0: a second team will actually make them stronger. Yeah? Yep.
1: Uh, I don't know about that. That's for another drill down. Let's go to the next topic
0: buying players from the storm yes is buying players from the storm fraught with danger sid yes <laughs> next one uh, <laughs> now take away the period when they had to offload players because they had a second set of books or something
1: yeah when i was looking into players there's a few they let go but as you say it was because they had to
0: yeah they had to manage their salary cap uh <laughs> can we just suggest to clubs this is a free public service announcement for all the boys When you're looking at buying Storm players, remember the Latin, caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware, Sid. Yes. Because all that glitters in a Storm jersey isn't always gold. In fact, it can be shit. Yes. Um, You can't polish a turd sometimes. Let's go through some of the more high-profile departures from the Storm, and we'll run the ruler over whether they were a success. And this is just in the last, well, well, less than 10 years. Okay. Adam Blair left in 2012 for big dollars to go to the Tigers. Than the Broncos and now the Warriors.
1: Yeah, well, he's in my blurb that I was going to say. What you,
0: was, he a, was he a good boy or a bad boy? Uh,
1: well, we bought two players from the Storm. We bought Adam Blair. Yep. That was described as possibly the worst buy in <laughs> NRL history, rugby league history. We also bought Matt Lodge from the Storm until he went over to New York and carved up. So
0: that's two for two for the Tigers. Bad and bad. Okay, what about... Gareth Widdop, he left the Storm in twenty fourteen for the Dragons, and he's now in England. Was he a good buy or a bad buy?
1: Well, I looked up Gareth Widdop today, and he played something like one hundred and seventy games for the Dragons. Um, I don't, I don't know about that one. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think, I think he was probably a decent buy, without being as good as we thought he was going to be when he left the Storm. Uh, when he left the Storm,
1: that I totally agree.
0: Ryan Hoffman left the Storm in twenty fifteen for the Warriors before rejoining the Storm in twenty seventeen. Good buy, bad buy. Um, well, that's a tail end of his
1: career. I think it was uh, a good buy for the. I think I think it was a good yeah, buy for the Warriors. I'll tell you what it was a good buy: Storm buying him from Western Suburbs back in the day. Yeah, that was that. Uh, I still wake up at night spewing that's a, about. Often that's a topic for us. another day.
0: Yeah, uh, Kurt Mann uh, under big wraps left the Storm for the Dragons in 2016.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to see how much they paid for Kurt Mann, but I would assume it would be overs and
0: yeah. It's, not, it's a no for me. Yeah, it's a no. Kevin Proctor left the storm in 2017 for the Titans via Canberra Mall. Um, yeah, they've kicked on the Titans, playing <laughs> people like that. It's a no for me. Kevin Proctor's a bad no for me. Uh, half the player since he left the storm. Jordan McLean left the storm in 2018 for the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys haven't kicked on either.
0: Nope. A no, he. No. Uh, no for me. Cooper Cronk. I think he would be going to be the exception to the rule, no matter what. Yeah. He left the Roosters in twenty. Uh, sorry, left the Storm for the Roosters in twenty eighteen. won two premierships. He played a grand
1: final. He won the grand final in twenty eighteen with Melbourne. Yep. And then he beat Melbourne in the grand final the following year. He yep. won two premierships. He's probably the exception to the rule. But uh, there, there was a bit of a cloud over Cooper Cronk leaving Melbourne as well. It wasn't like Melbourne wanted him to go. No.
0: He wanted out, no. so it's not like a club came. But it was hardly going to be a scoop that Cooper Cronk was going to be that's professional correct. and a great player and no matter where yeah, he was.
1: Yeah, that's went. right. So Cooper Cronk's a bit of an exception to the rule, I would imagine.
0: Uh, Brody Croft to Brisbane in 2020.
1: <laughs> well, Brisbane's gone backwards this year. Brody Croft is an interesting one. Again, the jury's still out. It's still early, but he certainly hasn't come in and uh, fixed up the halves problem that Brisbane...
0: Currently, after Had. only a handful of games, it's a big no for me. Uh, and speaking of big no's, Curtis Scott via uh, Paddy Wagon <laughs> went to Canberra in 2020. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, watch him on the last weekend. He was no good.
1: Ricky Stewart must have been going off deluxe at him over the summer. They've, they've got this brand new shiny recruit, Curtis Scott. It's going to kill it up in Canberra. We've paid big money. And lo and behold, he's getting... Uh, capsicum sprayed outside the SCG, Ricky would have gone off a treat. You'd be a hypocrite to help a better bloke
0: getting capsicum sprayed Absolutely, but <laughs> I'm not throwing
1: stones. you know, we all make mistakes. I'm not getting
0: paid big bucks and having to answer to Ricky Stewart. Cost you big bucks, man. Uh, Billy Walters, he went to the Tigers in 2020. I think, well, given that we've signed a potential... Um, Immortal, I think.
1: Well, Billy it's Walters, it's a great signing. Billy Walters and Harry Grant probably, hopefully, will cancel out Adam Blair and Matt Lodge for the Tigers. <laughs> uh, I know Harry Grant is only there for this year, unless Cameron, hopefully Cameron Smith continues. He's he's looking well. If Cameron he's Smith is fit, if, he's, you,
0: if you don't know Cameron Smith, if he signs for another year, that means Harry Grant does have the um, the right in his contract to renegotiate for, for well for anywhere else basically, and he's,
1: he's uh, scored, what, seven Dally M points in his short career at the West Tigers. Really, he's one example of b- improving when you leave the Storm. Mm,
0: I just don't think the Storm he's... will let him go somewhere. I don't know how they'll do it, but they've got Brandon Smith, they've got Cameron Smith.
1: That's true. Interesting times down there. But uh, let's hope so. And uh, Billy Walters as well is another one, the first one that you mentioned there. He looks the goods too. He, he's going to get a bit more of a run throughout the
0: season. So what have we learned? Do we buy players from the Storm? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right next up is sensationalism in journalism in the NRL. Um, this week, we witnessed an exclusive. That's right, an, an exclusive. exclusive. And there was branded an exclusive. Of course Cap- it was. Capital E and an, and an exclamation mark like it was on the front page of the Smash Hits magazine from 1988 <laughs> um, from News Limited stating the Bulldogs were in discussions with Craig Bellamy to take over from Dean Pay next year, only to be emphatically denied by Bellamy after the Melbourne game, and uh, I'll take – uh, Craig Bellamy, Craig Bellamy's word any day of the year over News Limited. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if he says outrageous, if he says it's bullshit, and that he's not even spoken to the Bulldogs, then that'll do me. Now, a uh, both we bloke, a uh, bloke we both like here, Brett Reed, yes, then, then came out and defended that story from uh, the story that came out of his table it wasn't his story. Um, that the story wasn't bullshit, but it came from people not on the board of the Dogs. Um, but from the unnamed faceless power brokers at the club. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, it comes after another story circulated a few weeks ago stating that Brisbane's Andrew McCulloch would spend uh, the remainder of the season in Newcastle before heading to the Bulldogs for two more years. A story that the Dogs then got on the front foot and completely denied saying that this is bullshit. We've not spoken to this bloke and, and, and as good a player as is, we're not interested. Is the desperation – I'll ask you a question here. yeah. Um, is the desperation for landing a scoop outweighing truth in journalism right now?
1: Absolutely it is. There's a problem when you have clubs that are struggling or rebuilding. They get linked with every player or coach that is on the market. West Tigers over the past couple of years. Used to be the Roosters too. They were special. For for a different reason though. Yeah. But uh, West Tigers over the past few years got linked to every player out there. It's a ploy by player managers to bump up people's prices to uh, sneak exclusives to journalists. Uh, I saw a movie a few years ago about the media called The Paper. Here's a soundbite. When journos are arguing whether they should print a headline, they know is clearly false. It's wrong. Not
2: for today, it's not. Tomorrow, it's wrong. We only have to be right for a day. People will read the solution and not believe us.
1: People will read this, Alicia, and they'll believe us. It doesn't matter to News Limit. they All they want is a scoop for the day. People will read this buzz and they'll believe us. <laughs> all they want is to get the clickbait headlines, get the clicks for advertisers. It doesn't matter if the story's correct. It's fed to them by managers and coaches, and we'll get on to the coaching merry-go-round soon. It is absolute bullshit.
0: My, I've had two... Uh Private messages on Twitter. Someone's, a couple of blokes slid into my DMs. Oh, yeah. It's not as exciting as I thought it would no, be. Um,
1: it's a bit creepy. This week.
0: Now, I don't know whether these blokes know each other, and I don't know whether these blokes talk to each other, but they gave me the same- um, But all
1: three of you are going to meet up <laughs> at a nudist colony. What is
0: pegging? <laughs> um, so, they gave me the same uh, scoop, same rumour, okay, we don't
1: we don't normally deal in rumours here, but go on.
0: The information that came to me from two different sources this week yes. is that at least two of the senior journalists at the News Limited, and they did nominate which one of them, but I'm not going to say, no. are both on cash bonuses if they can provide genuine exclusives. Now, exclusives mean no one else has printed this yet.
1: Does it just have to be right for the day or does it actually have for to that pan long. out? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> you aim too high. Uh-huh. Um, it can be – well, I'm not going to say whether it can be, but – that's what they're 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 being offered cash bonuses now. Hmm. The, the the only difference in the two blokes' rumours was the cash number. Okay. One bloke said a hundred bucks, which I thought, yeah, whatever. One bloke said a thousand. Yeah, right. Uh, but this that to me,
1: I don't know. That's people are going to believe this, Alicia. They're going to. Get their shit together, man. This is this is outrageous. And like I said, the Warriors now are going to be linked to every coach and every player. The Titans are going to be linked to everyone. Uh, the Bulldogs, and it just keeps going on and on and on. And
0: I don't know whether this is related or not, but uh, Rob McKnight, who's Full Credit of the Boy's very own, cool. Yep. Uh got a own podcast, Black Box TV, which is fantastic. He said this week that uh the Daily Mail Yeah. Has more clicks per day now than all of News Limited.
1: Yeah, wow! It's all the Beck Jug stories.
0: But that, to me, shows people want sensationalism more than they want the truth. And it, well, yeah, maybe. May- but it, it says the that truth, News
1: Limited, the truth the truth's in the numbers. It says that News Limited is following that theory Absolutely. above all else. Absolutely. Yep. Four.
0: Number four: coaches in danger. Um. Well, it's no great surprise. The only thing surprising this week was Stephen Kearney was the first one chopped. I've got to be honest, I I, I actually didn't believe it at first. I thought, yeah. nah, there's got to be a cross wire here. Only because...
1: Are we talking about the coach's merry-go-round? Yeah. Let me play this.
0: Right. Okay. Um, only because I thought, well, the performance... Um, given that they're 2-2 two and two from the return to the Rugby League, and given the the amount of hurdles that they've had to jump Absolutely. over just to even play, I would have thought Kearney might have been given a little bit more uh, leeway. Yep. But then you have what the mole come out and said, and like, like I said to the mole on Twitter, usually he cops a fair bit of shit on uh, Twitter, fair enough, most of the time. But he came out with a story about Isaac Moses and the way things were twisted to ensure that he's... Um, Client Stephen Kearney Mm -hmm. Was signed to a new deal That's what I discussed earlier As you discussed earlier Yep Um, So I guess That's why the timing Maybe shouldn't be so surprising When you understand The way things are working Behind the scenes Yeah it would appear They've bitten the bullet But let's look at um, The coaches that are Possibly in danger Yes And We'll talk about whether We think their performance Has been any good Or no good Hit me And then we'll rate the Chances of them seeing Out the season For their clubs Who have you got for me Let's start Dean Pay? Dean Pay is gone. <laughs> well, what about his performance? Is he, his performance warrant being
1: gone? I think I said this, how long has he been there? Three years? Yep, two when, years. Two and a half? Did he come through halfway through?
0: I think last year and this year.
1: So he came in at a time when their salary cap was restricted. He, unlike Seabold, who has a youth policy, Dean Pay had no other option no. but to bring in who he had as juniors and bring him through. And as we keep saying, they're trying 100%. But they knew at the club that the first two years of Dean Pay being there was going to be tough. And I can't see how he has done anything other than was possible for someone. No one could go in there in the past two seasons and achieve anything more than he's achieved. And now next year their salary cap will be freed up and they're looking at getting another coach. I think it's outrageous,
0: but I think it will happen. Well, I think exactly what you just said. I think we both agree. From the outside looking in, there isn't a whole heap more pay could have done with what the, the tools that he had at his disposal. And some of them were tools, um, <laughs> especially the ones with school girls. Uh, now, yes. they try hard every week, as we've said many times, and they're rarely pumped by the big teams. Uh, and they don't stop competing. That could what, change this week, though. what I've seen. Um, and his players all seem to stand behind him, which is also something yes. that you should remember. With all that in mind, will he see the see the season out? Uh, he
1: may see the
0: season got out. Look at exactly the same remote. He won't be there next year. Will he be the coach next year? No. no. I think the dogs want a big name to coach them and a, and a big name that'll bring big name players. And I think um I think they actually look at the dragons right now and are concerned that leaving pay there will actually see them repeat the recent history of the Red V. Yeah, interesting um, you say that. I still think the Dogs will sign Bennett.
1: Alright, but before we get to that, they're looking at the Dragons and thinking okay, we can't stick with this guy, Dean Pay, who's a Bulldogs legend, yep. if you will. We don't want to go down the McGregor path. But the two cases of St. George and the Bulldogs are completely different. Oh, look,
0: their circumstances are. Yeah.
1: But I see what you're saying, that they don't want to stick with look, him started, simply because he's a club man. They've started at two bus
0: stops, but I don't think they ever want to be on the same bus route.
1: Yeah. I, I feel sorry for Dean Pay, but so who, do I- who do you think will end up there?
0: I think Wayne Bennett will end up there. Really? Yep. Yeah, I really I can't do.
1: See, I, I can't see Wayne Bennett seeing out his Souths contract. No, but, no, no, he won't. But um, like I just said in the previous uh, segment, the Warriors have already been linked to uh, throwing Bennett some big money. I feel like that might be to pump up <laughs> wherever else yeah, he's it's looking It's just at. journalism. It's journalism. I don't think where
0: or who will be announced. I can't see Bennett going to Bulldogs. I can. Really? Yep. Yeah, I really can. And I I I think it won't be announced before the end of the year because he won't say anything until the bunnies are done.
1: I can't see him going anywhere other than St. George. All right. Well, we'll get to St. George now.
0: Okay. Paul McGregor.
1: Gone. (laughs) Well, I I, I, I don't know about this one. The the more I think about this, the, the bigger mess I just see unravelling before my eyes
0: You say what you want to say because I've got a fair bit to say about this. I've got heaps of notes here.
1: You mentioned something to me during the week. Are you going to touch on that? Okay. So the thing with McGregor is he came out a couple of weeks ago and said, what are you talking about? Everything's good. I'm like three rounds into a three-year deal. So McGregor's not going to walk away quickly, but something has to give it the Dragons. Uh, They they need to get rid of McGregor. They – it's like I just said, it's a different case to the Bulldogs. They're not hampered by salary cap restrictions. They don't have this youth policy like the Bulldogs do.
0: They've got the yep. team.
1: He, he, he can't say he hasn't got the team he wants. Absolutely. So unless they win all of their games for the rest of the year and finish top four, but for me, McGregor has to go.
0: Will he go? Well, <laughs> l- 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 let me it's say gonna something. It's going to cost him a lot to let kick him say- out the door, but me, I think he has to go. Let me say something. Hit me. And then we'll talk about whether he's going to stay. Yep. I think he's on the way to the dreaded losing the dressing room. Yes. I think they're walking out the door as we speak. If he hasn't already. Uh-huh. Yeah. To me, there are signs there are some players that have had enough and they, they actually don't believe in the messages and the plans that Mary has in place. Frizzell. Uh, Frazel Graham. I, I think James Graham. Yeah. Like give him a month or two and get him to talk. And I think you'll find out. Uh-huh. What he thinks of the whole situation, even
1: Duffman, who's now been picked again. Well, uh, he wasn't picked by the coach. He this was is what picked I'm about. To... This four. Oh, go on. Then. I'm about Sorry. to talk about
0: that because I, I have to wonder about some of the selections that McGregor runs with. Well, when I say McGregor, we'll get onto that in a minute. But he shuffles his pack around more than a dodgy magician. Mm-hmm. And the way he has handled players like Dufty, Lomax, and Hunt. Yes, I reckon that is as detrimental to their game and their confidence as as anything else. Um and then there are all these stories about how the footy department operates, selection. Like Gus Gould, I think Gus Gould wants to say so much and can't say a thing at the moment about it,
1: what he what he uncovered there. It still baffles me that he got paid anything for the amount of information that he's. Yeah, it's, out.
0: Al- it's almost like they've said, "Come and watch his car accident. <laughs> Can you give us an advice?" He's gone, "Don't have car accidents and yeah. walk out. Car um, accident's no good." Um, <laughs> Like I said, there's these stories about how the footy department operates, selection meetings with three other people outside of the coach. Yes. Um, And their next month of footy is a tough run. The Roosters, Manly and Raiders, and then their bogey side, the Dogs. Expect the spotlight to return to Cogra. With all Mm -hmm. that said, do you think he'll keep his job?
1: I do not think he will keep his job uh, by the end of the year. He will be gone next year, but... Who knows with that club? There's so many backroom deals going on at that place. I'm the only one who thinks this. I think you'll still be there next year. He's going to see out his entire
0: contract? And I'll tell you why. (laughs) If my information is correct, the Dragons have absolutely snookered themselves.
1: Yep. what a a surprise. In
0: a way that they have written his contract. Yep. And another bloke on the coaching staff. Now, I'm not going to say who that is because (laughs) I don't want to say too much because I understand a journo... Uh, well, I know Ajourno is working hard on breaking this story and I promised him I wouldn't break it. But my information is the club essentially need McGregor to resign. Okay. Now, McGregor's not going to resign because he no, won't get he paid. He just came out the other day
1: and said, I'm only three rounds into a three-year extension. So and the there's way... a lot... let's not go into it too far. Well, you don't want to break a story.
0: The way things are structured there, they actually cannot sack him. Yeah. That's all I can say. And I know that's talking in riddles. Yep. But let's you, leave it there. If you think about it long <laughs> enough, you'll figure it out. But
1: what happens? I don't if, think people will figure it out because it is bizarre. You wouldn't. The yeah. situation at that club. If the story is correct, and I, I, I'm not talking about your actual scoop here. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it is well, bizarre. Do. Not in detail. It's bizarre how that club runs. Is yeah. the way I'm looking at it.
0: I'll just say that last thing. The way things are structured there, they actually cannot sack him because that will trigger clauses in other people's contracts that we'll see essentially not a lot change. Wow. Figure it out. John Morris. John Morris is gone. (laughs) Uh, From the outside looking in, he seems to have done a pretty decent job navigating his club through a number of issues and, dare I say, crises. But I have a real problem, and I've said this to you before, I have a problem with blokes coaching their former teammates. Yes. Now, it takes a very special type of bloke to be able to do that. And from all reports... This is the knock on John Morris that the players see and treat him like a mate and one of the boys, and they don't have the respect, or in some cases, the fear that a bloke like a Bellamy or a Robinson or a Bennett has. Madge <laughs> and Madge. Well, actually, yes. <laughs> Super coach. I'd be petrified of Madge. Absolutely, if I, was a I would. What are you? What's your thoughts on John Morris?
1: Um, well, I think we're going to talk about Paul Green next. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll see Paul Green take over at Cronulla, mm-hmm. and I base that on nothing more than I just think they have to get rid of Paul Green at the Cowboys and John Morris, for whatever reason, and your reason may well be true, that he's not a strong enough coach. I think we will see that merry-go-round. will just be a bit of a swap. Morris will be out. Paul Green will slot in at Cronulla.
0: Yeah, I think well, it won't be a swap. No, it won't <laughs> be a swap. Um, I think... The tail but uh, John tail...
1: Morris could end up being the CEO for a few weeks at Cronulla because that's what they do oh, out there. Just...
0: Might be his turn. Just... <laughs> um, I, I think the tail wags the dog a fair bit at Cronulla uh-huh. right here. And I think that a shake-up is what is needed, which brings us on to the next coach, Paul Green.
1: He went off to Lux at time, didn't he? Well,
0: yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a belief that in team sports, this comes from AFL, but – I think it actually uh, resonates across a lot of sports that a coach has a cycle, a life cycle of around five years at any club and then no no matter what, they should move on. Now, obviously- Wasn't it
1: Jack Gibson that said you should only stay at a club for three years?
0: I don't know if he said it. I know that uh, Lee Matthews said it uh, up there at Brisbane, Mm -hmm. even though he stayed there for six or seven, but- Around five is the number. Now, obviously, there are a number of high-profile exceptions to that rule. Warnier up in, in Brisbane. But for whatever reason, and even though it's been a couple of years longer than that, it just feels about the right time that Greens should probably move on from the Cowboys. Now, they have the makings of a solid team up there. I'm not still sold on their half, half combination. But right now, I don't see them threatening for a title. Actually, I don't even see them threatening for the eighth this year.
1: Well, they finished 14th last year. Yep. And they are currently sitting in... 10th, way behind the Tigers. Um, <laughs> they've got enough talent up there. It seems the last couple of years, I don't know, the players, there's, there's something wrong up at North Queensland. I say this most weeks, I, I don't know which Cowboys team's going to run out each week. Yeah, they're I don't a tough team what, to tip, aren't they? I don't know what the problem is, but I think Paul Green has served his tenure and served it well. They won a premiership. Absolutely. When but it's, it's time to move on.
0: When you see a team have close to 40 points put on them even though by a sensational team like the Tigers exactly is' no when you no see shame in that when you see them have a 40 points put on them in a half almost yeah. there's something wrong there hundred uh, something there is. wrong and a club needs a fix in a hurry
1: yep they can't keep blaming Thurston's moved on I think it's time the coach moved on yeah
0: will there will he be there next year nope I, I, no. I I'm with you I, I I think it's almost guaranteed that he'll be at the Sharkies. And I reckon, oh, you agree with me on the Sharks? Absolutely, I do. Yeah, okay. and I think it actually might be a good thing for the Cowboys, and I actually think it might be a good thing for the Sharks.
1: Do you reckon John Morris will join his triplet brothers over at the Roosters?
0: Well, I think he's got the best eyes of the three, so... Yeah. yeah.
1: He's looking a bit gaunt. He looks
0: a bit like Skeletor lately. Finally, let's talk about Anthony Seibold. Let's. Um, as we said before, the Broncos are in a world of hurt, and depending on who you listen to, the coach is either the biggest issue or just part of a bigger problem. Yep. Now, one bloke from up that way tells me on the down low that when Seabold arrived, and with the blessing of the CEO, Paul White, who was the former the glassy. Glassy, <laughs> uh he wanted to free the club of anything that was loyal or linked themselves back to Wanye Bennett. Wow. Now, that's why when he, many of uh, Wanye's favourites were all sent packing in different directions. The suggestion is that he didn't trust these blokes, especially around all the young up-and-comers. Now, the only one he couldn't move on, ironically... Was Wayne's son Darius, uh, who's on too much money to make it financially viable to sell him off to another club because they, there's no club that actually really want him. I don't reckon
1: you don't have to pick him each week though, or it would appear he does
0: have to. Well, that's another point because Seabold has offloaded all these players with experience to ensure young blacks will get a go and stay at the club. But yep. uh, one thing that I've been told, you've been told, is that he has to name mm. for whatever reason. Mm. Um, Darius, yes, and the MILF. Yep. No matter what.
1: No matter what. And I, I, I don't understand. I
0: don't understand it myself. No. We've. I have been told we've, we've that, gone but kick some rocks around to see if we can find out. But no, no one, one can, can actually tell, tell us. me who
1: is saying that that has to happen. Whether it's uh, player White. managers or the CEO, the, the or. board, or yeah, it's
0: weird weird things going on up there. Yep. So Seabold's offloaded all the players with experience to ensure his young blokes get a, a run and also stay at the club. Um, but as we said, that that'll, that'll, that's going to bring a lot of losses, I reckon, uh, and we're yep. seeing it already. And some of those blokes will be poorer for it, and others will be poached by other smart clubs like Melbourne the Roosters, like we said. Yeah. Uh, if you if you watch if you they keep getting wiped out, you watch their the young blokes that are dazzled uh, by potential. Um, be approached by successful gun clubs and, and and leave. Like the Tigers. Yeah, that's right. Um, and they'll take a pay cut to get out of there, as we said. The other side of this rumour suggests that Seabold is actually being hamstrung, that people with influence in the club, mm-hmm. uh, ones with no real rugby league experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have way too much say in recruitment, retention and even selection, much like in up there in St. George. Uh, word is that there are a couple of blokes on that team, as we just said, the Milf and Boyd, who pretty much cannot be dropped because of influence from boardrooms. Uh, like I said, it doesn't take much to figure out who or why, but we can't figure out who's the ones pulling no, the strings. We're not quite
1: sure. But we've teed off on what's happening up there. Do you think Seabold will survive?
0: Well, my bloke in Brisbane says he won't last the year, which I find... Uh, I find that... Uh, I, I find astounding. that outrageous. I'm the exact he's got opposite. five years to go. He's on a huge dollar deal, five years, and he's here with a, another year option in his favour. And if they sack him, also it means that the CEO is wrong to sign him in the first place. It won't happen. He'll be there.
1: I wonder if the mole is correct about the Warriors and Isaac Moses being deregistered was it an opportunity for them to get rid of Kearney. I wonder if the same will apply with some of these contracts up in Brisbane. I, I actually can't see why... The contracts will have to be renegotiated. They were signed in good faith at the time and the manager has been paid his money. So I'm not quite sure where the Mole is getting his information from there. But if that is the case at the Warriors, maybe there'll be an opportunity for Brisbane to make a move. But like I said before, it's a mess up there. And Brisbane do not cop losses. If if they're going to back Seabold down this path, they're going to have to expect more losses and
0: something's going to break. And let, let me tell you, if there is going to be a, another club up there in Brisbane, which it looks like there will be within the next probably two, three years, Brisbane won't want to be on a downslide running around 14th and 15th when they come into the competition. That is correct. They'll want to be in the top four.
1: Absolutely. So
0: they're going to need to make changes and changes fast. Five. Cameras in change rooms. Now, scenes from inside the South dressing room this week after Friday's game showed Latrell Mitchell. Been consoled by Warnier Bennett. A uh, couple of questions. Are these cameras really needed in the broadcast and should a dressing room be out of bounds for live TV?
1: Look, I think you and I have opposing views on this one. Mm. The cameras are in the change rooms. so oh, I
0: agree we, with that bit.
1: Yeah. So when we see Luttrell crying in the sheds, it is absolutely up to Hannah Hollis and others to ask in the press conference if Luttrell is okay and what was going on there. If Bennett wants to say that he has personal issues that he's working through and he'd like to keep it private, then so be it. That's the answer. But Wanye being Wanye, saying it's none of your business is arrogant and it's a throw-off.
0: Absolutely. Look, I agree with everything you just said. But Hollis, sorry, Hannah Hannah Hollis had her job to do. She did it. Yes. Someone came over the top on Double Down again and then you got Corey Parker saying, no, 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 Wayne should be telling us what's going on. No, he doesn't doesn't have to say anything. In fact, I think Wayne played it extremely well. Yeah, he's Wayne, he's
1: Wayne, playing games with him.
0: Absolutely he is, but he's the best at it. What, a, what he did was he changed the center of focus from Luttrell to Wayne. Absolutely. And that's
1: clever. And, and the whole issue of should there be cameras in dressing rooms is a whole other issue. Remember when Andrew Eddinghausen sued a magazine for taking a photo of him? with his slung out in the dressing room and he got a big payout.
0: Yeah. Then he See, showed he schlong schlong, his slung to his teammate's
1: wife for free anyway. <laughs> they were good times back then.
0: Simpler times. But Better the, times, people would say.
1: But the debate about cameras in the dressing room is a separate debate. You love it when Desi rips off a door handle, Beautiful. a door off its hinges, or when, as we saw Greeny. during the week, Paul Green absolutely losing his shit.
0: But that's football. Right, that's at half time. All that's of when it's the footballs. Football. Pl- no, All,
1: yeah, Latrell Mitchell no. is a footballer.
0: Yeah, but after full time, and if he's crying about, and I don't know what he's crying about. Quite frankly, I don't care what he's crying about. And
1: that's what Wayne Bennett should say. It's not. It, he shouldn't say, "Oh, it's none of your business." It is, but he should say, "It's not football related." He's not injured, so I wouldn't so, say that
0: because then they start digging. Don't give him an in. Do not give him an in. Don't give whatever, him
1: anything. Whatever. No, just it's say, part. It's part of the game. It's none of your business. It, it's. It's a great game. The telecast is fantastic. These are the initiatives that the league has put in so that they can charge broadcasters a pretty penny for it. Mm. All these initiatives in the coaches' boxes. Should we not see what's going on in the coaches' boxes? Should we not see I anything? It. I love all of it. And if Luttrell was having a cry, by all means, the journalist should say, hey, why was he crying? But the way Wayne Bennett, Bennett handled it, I thought was arrogant and he came off as a bit of a dick,
0: in my opinion. No, I disagree. I, oh, I mean, a lot of people did,
1: disagree with me, but he deliberately, whatever.
0: He deliberately did it to deflect away from his player, who 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 might be going through a million different things that I'm not even going to speculate yeah, on. Yeah, could be. We don't right? know. But again, none of my business. But shooting and I the don't messenger, care.
1: he shouldn't have shot the messenger. No, he shouldn't have And he people, shot the people on Twitter can come at me, whatever, get your own podcast. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, come at him. <laughs> no dramas um yeah look i I like the the cameras in the dressing rooms during the game yep um i I think there are
1: restrictions on it they can't yeah they can't show well apparently they can't show injuries like most of the footage you see is when people are sitting in there icing their leg or whatever i guess it's if you're severely concussed and maybe shitting your pants or falling over getting stitched or something like that yeah like gory stuff or something that's Pretty bad. They're not allowed to show that. They're not allowed to show nudity, thanks to Andrew Ettinghouse. So, if he cries in the nude, he's right. Well, that's all he has to do <laughs> is strip down and cry. That's normally well, when I cry, is naked in say, the shower.
0: Every time I catch a glimpse of myself nude, I have a bit of a cry, <laughs> <laughs> remembering the good times.
1: But let's not make this anything bigger than it is. It's like for most of the year, the cameras are there, I think and the we like AFL, to have a chuckle.
0: I think the AFL have. Some access for cameras in the room. Um, but not, let's
1: not let's not go down. Uh, what's the <laughs> AFL doing? Let's we should go down that path. Right now,
0: they should be having heat-seeking cameras just to make sure everyone's below thirty-six point two or whatever it is. <laughs> Rugby
1: but, would be laughing if they could get cameras anywhere near their <laughs> game right now. But let's not go down there. Yeah, model I, either.
0: I, I just think Wayne did it. Wayne did what Wayne does best. He he took he took the attention Absolutely off he his did. player. Yep. and. I think, like, I don't begrudge Hannah Hollis asking that question. I think that's her job. She yeah. doesn't do it. and She's not doing her job properly. That's correct. But I think the way he handled it was beautiful in my eyes. The Drill Down. Need a sparky, then make
1: the call to NDF Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years' experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs, from the Gold Coast, Tweed Heads, Byron Bay, and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au.
0: NDF Electrical. All right, so it's time for this. We all want you
1: to go grab a mirror. That you and no could be any clearer if you want to make the world a better place
0: take a look at yourself and make a change. yes, in all the world of podcasting this is the number one segment and it 's brought to you by the number one electrical company in all of Australia it 's ndF electrical uh, follow them on Twitter if you don 't already classic stuff from the boys. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget, you can reply to my Grab a Mirror call to arms at 7.30 on Tuesdays. Use the hashtag Grab a Mirror, hashtag G-A-M. And also at about 3.30 again on a Tuesday, Grab a Mirror. Tuesdays hashtag, only. Or hashtag G-A-M.
1: Sid, Except next week, probably going to be Wednesday again.
0: <laughs> Chance it's a Wednesday next yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, now listen, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go first.
1: Yeah, go first, man. Go first.
0: <sighs> Grab a Mirror, Australia. Hey, oh, it's no. unpatriotic. Put a minute. Um, <laughs> Now, there's a, this week, there's a young fella over in Perth, uh-huh. and um, he's claiming discrimination against his hairstyle after he was refused entry to a bar on his 18th birthday. No. Um, Poor Cooper, bugger. Cooper Allen says he wasn't allowed into the popular beachside venue called El Grotto's uh-huh. because he had, of all things, a mullet. Now, Are you bef-
1: serious? This is un-Australian.
0: Before I go on, all these... Um, genuine comedians on Twitter that said, "Oh, I didn't know former was eighteen. Uh, I'm not eighteen, of course. I'm not eighteen. I was the I was over in Perth 19 years ago on the end of season trip. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Yeah, anyway, let's see what's happening here." Cooper said that he had a drink with his mum, his old mum, good sort, and then a couple. <laughs> you of... would call your kid after an <laughs> ale as well. <laughs> There's a good chance. Um, oh, he's born in Western Australia. Would have been Swan, not Cooper.
1: Yeah, true. Um, okay, your story checks out.
0: I had, uh, he said, I had a drink with me old Keep mum it for
1: the family court,
0: and then a couple of friends, and I decided to head over to El Grotto. He told Seven News. But once we arrived in the line, uh, it was man versus bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said to me, "No mullets allowed." Now Cooper recalled as his night was cut short by the iconic Australian cut. Um, it, but he refuses to lose the locks. He said, I wasn't there to have a haircut. I was there to sink frothies. Absolutely. Now, I checked this joint out, this El Grotto, uh, on TripAdvisor. I'm just going to read you a couple of their uh, reviews in case you're over at Scarborough looking for a Mexican place to buy also buy a margarita. Uh, one star, security and door girl are the worst in the world <laughs> they need to go. Uh, the manager, on the other hand, refuses entry for people he believes are violent. And he was able to determine such a thing by just looking at them. <laughs> and there is a door girl that is as arrogant uh, as arrogant little thing with no respect. If you want to go to El Grano, don't bring any guys with you or they will treat you like the plague. Interesting. Um, another one, one star, we were rudely told we could not enter the venue as the door girl didn't like what we thought the cover charge – well, when we thought the cover charge was hilarious. We will tell everyone not to visit. Another one, one star, if you like a fight, this is the place for you. <laughs> Um, Not El Grotto, El Puncho. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and another one, one star, crap. Um, <laughs> won't be going back and won't recommend. I think the doorman didn't like the fact that a 60 and a 55-year-old were at his bar. Now, this has got so big that um, actually. It's hit the media. Actually, before we do that, let's give him a ring. Okay, Johnny. Yeah, let's book a table and see what El Grotto has to say for himself.
2: I've got a bar and
0: restaurant. Yeah, hi. I was wondering if I could make an appointment for a table on Friday afternoon. Uh, yes, we
2: have some tables available. How many
0: would you like? Uh, it's a table for two. I've got a friend, but he's a pescatarian. He only eats fish. Uh, would do you have something on the menu that he could eat?
2: Uh, yes, we have fish on the
0: menu. What type of fish is it?
2: Uh, barramundi.
0: Uh, do you have mullet? Oh, no, you don't like mullets, do
2: you? Oh, fuck off.
0: Actually
1: went better than I thought. Do you reckon that's a door chick that everyone's complaining about? (laughs)
0: She's got a mouth on her. Jeez, hasn't she? What? Real gutter mouth. Um, Now, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan, uh, potential strain of the Year in my books, is now weighing in on this hairy situation. He said, I just encourage people with mullets to rise up and rebel against these extreme rules pubs are imposing. Um, Good on him. I'll vote for this fella. That's right. He said... um, Asked whether, he was clar- asked whether to clarify whether he was talking about the hairstyle or the fish. He said, I think you should be free to have a mullet and go to the pub. I don't think there should be rules around that. Mr. McGowan added, some of my best friends have mullets. I wouldn't think so, but sure, whatever, let's go along with it. Uh, and encouraged those with the iconic Aussie hairstyle not to let them hold them back. Yeah. Uh, the comments, Sid, on News Limited, on the bottom of this story, clearly show Australia, in my opinion, is mulletist. Is that for or against? It's against. Are you oh, serious? This comment from... What's wrong with this country? This comment from JMS on News, if that's their real name. It's not discrimination. It's having standards. Oh, God. One from Wombat Each roots and leaves. At last, the fashion police have teeth. <laughs> and what about this one from Barry? Barry of all people. The public and obviously believes it lowers the tone of his pub, and he's probably right. If you're wearing a mullet in 2020, you have a problem. Piss off, Barry. Barry, and jerk. Just one more. Let's read one from. Um, what about this one? It's me one from uh, keyboard warrior. Hey mate, 1976 called. They want their hairstyle back. That guy's hilarious. Shut up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, they want their chimera back as well. In you know other news, now listen, I'll. I, I'm about to give up on this country. I've had enough.
1: Yeah, I think, All right. I think that's fair.
0: Um, I was going to be very clever with a couple of the hashtags I was going to invent, but let's not go down that path. <laughs> but I'm going to give Australia one more chance. Yep. Pick a pub, Sid. Any pub. Push dial. Let's see if they're going to let me in the pub.
1: Let's try one up at Newey. All
0: right, cool. The home of the mullet.
2: Good evening, the Bennett Hotel. Ben's speaking. Yeah, g'day, mate. I was just
0: wondering if I could book a table in your bistro on Friday.
2: You certainly can. What time would you like?
0: Uh, about seven o'clock, mate. It'll just be for the two of us. Hey, just quick question. Both of yep. us. Both of us have mullets. Is that all right,
2: mate? That is absolutely fine. We only have pe- troubles with people without mullets. So uh, bring your mullet, bring your rug boots. You're more than happy to come in.
0: This is the kind of answer I wanted. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Too easy. Faith restored, Sid. <laughs> yes. Thank God for Newcastle. Grab a mirror, Newcastle, you magnificent bastards. <laughs> and Scarborough, go kiss yourself. Equal 10. At Lambretta GP 1971. Grab a mirror, anyone who tuned in to watch the Dragons v. Titans on Saturday. If that match-up were porn, it'd be builders Susan Boyle on top of <laughs> Amanda Vanstone lesbian action. I would rather watch my dog eating cat vomit. Hashtag... <laughs> More Susan myself. Hashtag dragons on par with Amanda. There's so
1: many images that you've. Put I in just your read head them. There. I don't <laughs> write them. Yeah, I don't want any of that in my head. Thank you, Lampredda. Equal ten
0: at dingo two. Grab a mirror, my doctor. Just when the pubs reopen, you give me some ointment to clean up my sunspots. I now look like a cross between a bloke just back from the end of year Thailand trip ah. and. And at Deadpool without a mask. Still can't go to the pub. Hashtag wear sunscreen. Hashtag still drinking alone.
1: That's nasty. You've had all this time that you could have sat at home. Equal 10. 10. Ripped off.
0: At M Graz 2005. Grab a mirror, Ned Philandis, you magnificent crazy bastard. First you save Rugby League. Now you keep giving it to those pesky Victorian flogs by referring to the Melbourne Cup as a second-rate tin cup. <laughs> I think I may be developing a man crush. <laughs> You're not alone. Equal ten. ten at Bennett Mo- Montcrey one. Grab a mirror at West Tigers. Put it You were supposed to play my boys into some form, not absolutely pull their pants down before half time. Hashtag, does this mean the Cowboys are worse than the Titans? Hashtag, how long is too long for our hashtag? Well, it's too long when there's no capital, so I've got to read the whole thing in one go.
1: <laughs> See, I always think that West Tigers are going to play teams into form. I didn't realize that teams actually look forward to playing us <laughs> so that we can play them into form. But it is actually a thing. Equal 10. Let's hope it doesn't happen this week
0: with the doggies. At, nah, save his houses. At DJ Barnes81. Hey, Barnesy. Grab a mirror. People who can finally go to the pub for a one-off the tap and order bottled bottle beer anyway. Leave it out. Hashtag What's going
1: on with that, Hey, Stay home
0: then. Hashtag beer on tap.
1: I went out with a bloke the other day to the pub. Oatly Pub, beautiful establishment. Anyone who wants to meet me there, I'm there most days.
0: <laughs> and, yeah,
1: he's like, oh, Propping want, it up. Oh, one of those. It's not on tap. He's like, no, that's fine. Dick. Weird. Equal Ten.
0: 10. At Storm Chaser, I think it is, Mike's Bulls Nation. Uh, grab a mirror at Sid Punts. Aye. You've been shit canning the mighty at Penrith Panthers all season. It's only because they can't attack. And we sit equal second with one loss and wins against both the Storm and the Roosters. Now start playing our motherfucking song once again. Hashtag can you feel it? Hashtag Tigers Ninth? Hashtag TikTok gangbang. Hashtag defense wins games.
1: Nobody tells me when I can play samples.
0: Can <laughs> oh, Wrong one. This one. Equal <laughs> 10. At Horatio underscore (laughs) McMutt. As if he wasn't going to get in. Uh, Hashtag grab a mirror. Seabold, you magnificent bastard. Being an expat from New South Wales, as if the last two origins haven't been enough, you come along and have the simpletons crying to their cat's piss in yellow cans they call beer by bringing down the Broncos from the inside with your gross incompetence. Is
1: that your burner account?
0: (laughs) That's
1: exactly what you think. Equal 10. How come when I tee off on Queenslanders, I get hate mail and nooses in my car? <laughs> and when you do it, everyone backs you. Yeah, it's a I do it in joke.
0: A, I do it in a humorous way. Oh, right. The yeah. Queenslanders go, I know he's having a go at me. I just can't figure out which, one, which part oh, of it is. Yeah. So even that they won't understand. At Super Grover 4, grab a mirror of people thinking Kearney is Nickow. <laughs> Big T would kick your ass if he would, could do it without falling over. Hashtag peg leg. Hashtag I'm a pirate. Hashtag still a better pirate than Fitzsimon. See, Graver,
1: this is the end of these jokes now. We can't <laughs> use these jokes anymore. Equal 10.
0: At Lynn G62. Grab a mirror. Our Lord, Ned Philandis. Great appearance on 100% footy last night on Channel 9. But I did notice you were pronouncing rugby league, rugby league. a Very carefully. I can handle the rule changes, but I'm struggling to keep up with the variations in pronunciations. #Hashtag Pick one and stick to it. Yeah, no, he's got to keep saying rugby league. Nine. Hey, we're up to nine. Um, or are we? I don't know. Uh, ben McMutt, at efficient, not lazy. Grab a mirror at Essendon FC. Put them in it. You magnificent bastards! You've done more to endanger the at AFL season in the last week than anyone could have possibly hoped for. What would have, Who would have thought that this positive test would be your downfall? Even better, at, he put Sam Newman in it, <laughs> at original smart Sam, can't play golf anymore.
1: Oh, yeah, he's going to go <laughs> off. What's Mate, he going to yeah. do in between gigs with Bert Newton?
0: Reckon he's not a lunatic. Eat. At Dorso, James says, hashtag grab a mirror, Neil Breen at Brainy9. Go easy on Brainy. For tipping the Broncos to be minor premiers before the season kicked off again for round fair three. Fair cop, fair cop. On at FCTP underscore podcast. Four losses with 140 points (laughs) since you've put the curse on them. Hashtag commentator's commentators curse. Hashtag not Seabold's fault. Hashtag bring back the Titans this weekend. Hashtag the more you put on, the more you win. Hashtag (laughs) poor man's Alan Jones. I put that one in.
1: (laughs) What about uh, the poor horse up there at the Broncos? Mate. You you were talking to me about it earlier.
0: He's done three laps this year. (laughs) What's his name uh, that runs around when they score a try? He's on light and easy, the fat fool. (laughs) I think I backed him three Saturdays in a row at <laughs> Fat thing. Seven. Put weight. Put weight on. Tie to a roof like one of my old horses. Uh, at Maddie McMutius. <laughs> Hashtag grab a mirror at Andrew RLP. Put him in it. Good. I went to your OnlyFans page after last week's podcast, and to my disgust, all I met, all I was met with was a website full of interesting facts about the NRL. Hashtag confused and disappointed. Hashtag so much for a massive schlong. Hashtag plenty of good Mitch Moses stats though.
1: It's a bit worrying that you're hoping to see a big schlong, but <laughs> to each their own. To each
0: their own. Hashtag, Just go to my OnlyFans page. Hashtag vote yes.
1: Six.
0: At get around him. Cameron. Just Cameron. Not even a McMutt. Hey, Cameron. Mcmut. Um, hashtag grab a mirror me. I went to the pub for a feed and a few beers on Saturday night. And Good for you, brother. And I didn't post any photos on social media, so obviously it never happened. Probably never happened. Hashtag look at me. Hashtag leave it to Beck Judd. Hashtag <laughs> trap for young players. Mate, you've got to go to the pub and uh, take a photo and use a filter. <laughs> use a filter, all you ugly people out there. Five. Um. Hashtag grab a mirror Queensland, says at Mario Siegs.
1: Careful, you will be after you.
0: Your teams and your players all suck this weekend and all signs point towards that trend continuing. The only thing saving you from complete shitness is the fact you aren't Victoria. True that. Four. At Dong Megatron. <laughs> Simon Valenzuela. Hashtag grab a mirror. He oh,
1: became a member this week. Thank you very much. It's on its way. Hashtag grab
0: a mirror At Uncle Ben's, he put him in it. Yes, you know who Uncle Ben's are. Yeah, that rice or something in it. You magnificent bastards, using the guise of political correctness to jump on board the new craze of changing your name. Can't wait to eat Uncle McMutt's rice. (laughs) Hashtag smells out of date. Hashtag fish-flavored rice. Hashtag Uncle McMutt. (laughs) Well done.
1: All right, can I have a go now? Off you go. All right, grab a mirror. The magnificent bastards at Rode Microphones, proud sponsors of Full Credits of the Boys, of course. This week, good friend of mine, Peter Friedman, the founder of Rode Microphones, forked out a world record eight point eight million dollars for Kurt Cobain's nineteen fifty nine Martin electric acoustic guitar,
2: mm.
1: made famous when Nirvana played MTV Unplugged in nineteen ninety three. Remember that former? Yep. Just months before Kurt's untimely death. now <laughs> nothing, uh,
0: nothing mysterious about that either, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read the note.
1: <laughs> now, uh, yeah. Now, uh, my mate Pete said that he is using the purchase of this guitar to promote the arts mm. and to raise money for struggling artists in Germany, the UK and Australia. A struggle all too familiar for me, former. That's right. In fact, next season... I'll be sending an updated invoice to Road regarding their sponsorship <laughs> of this show. Prices going up, brother. But uh, the amount of publicity—send him a guitar if he wants. The amount of publicity this purchase has generated for Road has been described by the company as second only to its endorsement deal of widely popular podcasts. Full credit to the boys. It has generated many a news headline and put the great Aussie company Road in the spotlight, and quite rightly so. And I think it's a lesson for all companies trying to promote their business. Sure, $9 million is a lot of money, but I'm putting the call out to NDF Electrical, Mayor Inc., Bet. i got a guitar. It's over there <laughs> on the wall that I once played at the Annandale Hotel that I'm going to sell off. I'll even sign it for you. And it even has a bit of a connection to the great man, Kurt Cobain himself, It's more a Beck Judd kind of connection (laughs) to famous people. But it's a connection nonetheless. I use this guitar. Beck Judd, can draw a bow. (laughs) (laughs) I actually use this guitar that I'm willing to sell off to the highest bidder for this jingle that we don't use anymore. But listen to this jingle. Sweet used to use that jingle. Yep. It's beautiful. It sounds mysteriously like a Nirvana song. (laughs) So I'm putting it out there, all of you. Go and bid on this guitar. I'll take, how much do you reckon we should take? I'll I'll split it with you. Two and a half mil. I think two and a half mil is a fair (laughs) amount. That's actually what I wrote here. (laughs) Well done. So grab a mirror, Rode microphones, you magnificent bastards, and expect my invoice very soon.
0: And uh, just on that and onto our sponsors, congratulations to NDF Electrical, the aforementioned NDF Electrical. Yes. Who this week purchased Sid Halen's ukulele for $12.30.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Cookie from uh, a country practice. (laughs) It's a bit out of tune. (laughs) So was Cookie. I believe
0: uh, uh, Mayor Inc. is currently in an auction to try and buy Rolf Harris's guitars. (laughs)
1: Well, I reckon they should all get in a bidding war. But since I made the uh, connection to Beck Judd, she Mm. loves connecting herself to celebrities. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Should I do... What a a bow drawer. (laughs) Should I I do this week's Beck Judd's update? What's that about the moon? That reminds me of a story about me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do Beck Judd's update. I'm just annoyed.
1: And right on cue, <laughs> Rebecca Judd reveals her priceless encounter with Snoop Dogg. Oh, this will be interesting at the Melbourne Cup, and why it was the most talked-about appearance ever. Now I read this article: <laughs> Snoop Dogg appeared at the Melbourne Cup. Beck Judd was there too. That's it. Oh, spoiler alert! Our <laughs> second one for this week: Footy Wag. Rebecca Judd reveals her daughter's heartbreaking reaction. To the death of George Floyd. Here she goes again, former. Her six-year-old daughter said to her, my skin is so white. I'm really lucky, aren't I? I'll have things that never happened, former, for 500.
0: (laughs) Someone call uh, the didn't happen of the
1: year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that website. And uh, the third one this week, Rebecca Judd reveals when she listens to Powderfinger songs, it reminds her of stuff. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. And that is this week's Beck Juggs update. I'm just an ordinary girl. Sometimes I'm lazy. I get bored. I get scared. I feel ignored. I feel happy. I get silly. I'm telling you, if I heard her publicist, this guitar would go for <laughs> $5.8 billion.
0: Three. At DJ and Goose, Chinners. Hey, Chinas. McBoot. Uh, <laughs> hashtag grab a mirror to the legend founder of At Road Microphones, here, here. who not only sponsors the number one rugby league podcast True. in all of the universe, but also ha- has bought Kurt Cobain's guitar for six million. You just covered off in that, Sid. Yeah, I'm sorry I stole your thunder,
1: Chinas McBoot. <laughs> but
0: it gets better. He's using the guitar to raise much-needed dollars for the arts community. What for a people like me. That's right.
1: Here, here. To my mate Pete.
0: At NRL underscore the profits, grab a mirror. The angry little midget saying equal in last week's segment. Where the hell did he come from? Hashtag statslab. Hashtag equal opportunity. Hashtag small lives matter. <laughs> got to fix that. What got number one this week? One. At blocked user two two one seven. Oh boy! You're just reading them. Hashtag, that's right, I don't write them, I just read them okay. Hashtag grab a mirror At Bunnings, put them in it They'll be wrapped good.
1: Oh, good. Not good, I'm not sure what Considering
0: is it? that from next week I'll be able to visit A lovely young lady who will be helping me Cook up some tummy pancakes There appears to be No excuses left for your mob To start serving up some sausage Hashtag got the drizzle How about the sizzle Alright, we're out We all want you World, a place. Take a look at yourself and make a Alright, let's do this. <laughs> NRL Round Preview brought to you by Bluebet. Bet Australian, Bet with Bluey at bluebet.com.au or download the app today. <laughs> yes, it's NRL Round 7 preview, and it's brought to you by Bluebet, of course. And whenever we do this, we get this bloke on.
1: Stat man.
0: He is the stat man. It's Andrew Ferguson from Rugby League Project. You can find him on Twitter at Andrew RLP. You can also hear him on Fergo on the Freak Podcast. How are you, champion?
2: Oh, good guys yourselves,
0: mate. They reckon this cold Pretty weather's good. cold weather's knocked your downstairs apartment down to about three or three or four foot.
2: <laughs> it has. I've, I've stopped getting bruises on my knees. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> mate, let's get straight into it. We start on Thursday night. The Penrith Panthers take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Bluebet have Panthers at a dollar seventy two. They have a Rabbitohs at two dollars and eight. What are the stats saying, Andrew?
2: Uh, the last time Penrith beat South in a, in round seven was in nineteen eighty three. The last Panthers player was alive when that happened was Brent Kite. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brent Kite.
0: What a player. Um, what do you reckon, mate? What are, the, who are you going to go uh, with?
2: I, I, you know what? I might just lean towards Penrith.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit the same. I think this is a danger game.
0: You were saying to me yeah. off air that you like their attack.
1: Well, I'm not convinced about the Bunnies, but yeah, the Panthers' attack is terrible. <laughs> but I think uh, in a low-scoring encounter, the Panthers might get across the line.
0: I think the Penrith will, win, Penrith will win very well. I'm not sold on the Rabbitohs, to be honest. No, I'm not either. Uh, Friday. The Panthers can't attack. Friday, the Melbourne Storm. Everyone's saying it now. Melbourne Storm take on the Tamworth Gosford Warriors. It's a sixteen. the Storm with Blue Bet. It's $5. Storm will win. The Warriors. What are the stats saying, Andrew?
2: Um, new Warriors coaches have won 27% of their first games. Just mm. Three of 11 coaches had a win in their first game at the Warriors as coach.
0: And so with that in mind, you'll be going the Storm?
2: By a long way.
0: I'm the same, mate. Yeah, I'm going the storm. I don't see, I don't see any uh, fairy tale being played out. The fact that uh, they're talking about blokes wanting to go home, that's no good. Yeah, what's that about? Rodney Payton saying <laughs> blokes might want to go home. Anyway, uh, the second game on they might want to go home after this game because fr- they're going to get flogged. i I tell you what, I can't wait for this second game. But Friday night. It's the Sydney City Roosters. They're taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. It's a dollar eleven. the $1. Roosters. eleven With Bluebet, it's $6.25. Name your own price <laughs> with uh, Bluebet for the Dragons. What are the stats saying, Andrew? Is there any hope for the Dragons?
2: None. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the stats man. You would know. <laughs> There you go. Um, <laughs> the Roosters have won all but four of their last 16 games against the Dragons, and the Dragons have lost all but four of their last 16 premiership games.
0: Yeah. Oh. And uh, they're, they're obviously, dollar eleven, even that seems
2: juicy odds. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if the Roosters don't crack 50
0: in this one. I'm the same, mate. I, I just don't uh, see
1: it. You know what? I think the Dragons will bounce back. Eventually, not this week. <laughs> the Roosters
0: will win uh, once they sort out that coaching conundrum that they've yeah. got over there. Um, Saturday, and the North Queensland Cowboys take on the Newcastle Knights in the first game. Bluebet have the Cowboys at three dollars twenty. They have the Knights at a dollar thirty through dollar $1.30 through a dollar thirty three. Um, Andrew, what are the stats saying here, mate?
2: Uh, the Knights have never beaten the Cowboys on a Saturday in June. <laughs> No, way.
0: guess what <laughs> tonight's the night what do you reckon mate I,
2: you know this is possibly the trickiest game of the round I'm not too sure we try to go with this I'm, I'm going to go with the Knights I think there's a few tricky
1: games this round there's a few absolute beltings going to be handed out um, the Cowboys they're no good this week they got smashed by the Tigers they'll be sore and sorry the Knights will sneak home
0: well luckily they're at home I suppose that might uh, count for something. And the Knights are going to do the travelling. But I can't have the Cowboys. Not after that first half last week. Um, no bounce back? No bounce back this week. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, they take off take on the Gold Coast t- Titans. It's 14th versus 16. What night's this on? It's the Job Seeker Cup. Um, it's Saturday. They're trying to put it at midnight, I believe. But they, they haven't got it there so far. It's 5.30. Set your watch. It's $1.35, the Broncos, with bluebet.com.au, and it is $3.10, the Gold Coast Titans. What are the Imagine stats? playing a team that is in such poor form as the Broncos
1: and they're $1.30 favourites <laughs> against you.
0: Well, I'm thinking, imagine playing the Gold Coast Titans who haven't won two games in like a year, and they're only $3.10 to me. Yeah, beat, exactly. You. Uh, what are you saying, Andrew? What do the stats say? Uh,
2: the Broncos and the Titans have conceded a combined 472 <laughs> points since round 25 last year to now. Um, in comparison, the top six teams after the six games this year have conceded less than that. Unbelievable.
0: Will it be nil all or 100 all?
2: I'm, I'm guessing, given the defense is so crap for both, they're the two worst defensive teams at the moment. It'll be something like 48 to 50 or something.
1: Overs. overs. Bet, on, bet on the overs. <laughs> I'm going with the Broncos. Who are you going with? Uh,
2: um, what are you thinking about? The Broncos should win, but I, I feel like I might just put a tip in for the Titans just for the hell of it. You know, you can, Do it.
0: You can go without me. Where are
1: you sitting on the tipping comp, by the way? Oh, I forgot to put my tips in one week, so I just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> well that's, done. That's, the, that's the attitude we like <laughs> around here. I'm about that's to crack. Right. I'm about to crack the top one hundred. I've stopped the bleeding. That's yeah. Here at number ten, I think.
0: Um, I'm going to back the Broncos here. I can't see the Titans give them. Yep. Uh, they'll right the ship. Seabold will be given another couple of years extension. Everything will be right in the world. The Parramatta Eels they take on the Canberra Raiders in probably the game of the round. Yeah, I think so. It's a dollar sixty to Parramatta Eels with Blue Bet. It is two dollars
2: thirty the Raiders.
0: Andrew, what do the stats say? Give us a help. Uh,
2: the first time Mitch Moses had a win against Canberra, he went on to lose his next five games against them, and he comes into this game having won his last game against
0: Canberra. Yeah, Ooh. these are these are good stats. Who are you going for, mate? I'm going to go Raiders. So am I.
1: And so am I. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Canberra's going in me rough punt. But I'm not going to
0: reveal that just yet. (laughs)
1: It's very exciting. That's coming up soon. Let everyone go and get their pencils from out of
0: their their book bags. Um, (laughs) What's a book bag? I'm not sure. Um, But you can get them from Mare Inc. uh, The first game on Sunday, Manly, Warringah Seagulls. They are fifty eight on bluebet.com.au to beat the Cronulla Sharks. Got who got bashed last week. Who are paying $2.35. $2. What are the stats saying, mate?
2: The last time the Sharks beat Manly on a Sunday was in 2005.
0: That was a good year, 2005. What about this Sunday? Any chance?
2: Well, I think, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with the Sharks too because Tom Trevoich isn't there.
0: What are the stats without Tom playing? Do you know? I think it's about um, 30% or something. A question
2: without notice. Yeah, I can I can dig them up and send them through to you. I think it's about thirty
0: percent that they win. It's not, it's not pretty. Yeah. Um, what about you, mate? Yeah,
1: I'm going the sharks. Too. I'm going the
0: sharks as well. Uh, I think Manly will be up against it this week. Um, and last week was a hell of a win, but I think it might take it out of him a little bit. I agree. There's going to be and a with come down. Tommy T not being there, and uh, the well the game of the round. The yeah, can- this is the game of the round. Forget <laughs> Parramatta, the canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. They're two dollars ninety. Uh, with bluebet.com.au. You can have $3.90 with me.
2: Yeah,
0: thousands. $1.40, the West Tigers. Um, Andrew, what are the stats saying here?
2: Uh, neither and Western Suburbs, or the West Tigers have ever beaten the Bulldogs on Sunday, June 28th. I might have to readjust this now. So they're due. <laughs> no, we're due. We're due for sure. They're due. They're due. I'm going the Tigers.
1: I can't see the dogs worrying them. Well, now I'm no. worried now. All these stats. No, the Tigers will win. And win comfortably, but that's not good. A couple of
0: injuries there, but
1: yeah, and I would never ever again put the tigers in my rough punt. No. Because even though it's rough, jeez, it's tough betting (laughs) on the tigers. (laughs) Do you want to hear me rough punt for this week? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. What do you got? So I'm going. Uh, Canberra in an upset over Parramatta in the second best game of the round. Mm. Canberra 1-12 to 12 at the juicy odds of $3.50. Good. Then in the Roosters game, I think everybody's going to score for the Roosters. <laughs> so I'm going to take your mate, the sad clown, any try-scorer, Tupu, $1.57. Mate, he'll score three. Yeah, I thought about picking him for three, but yeah, they'll probably share it around. Mm. Everyone will score. Um, the Storm we Will cover the start against the Warriors. 13 and a half. They're giving away. That's a dollar eighty-five. And I'm picking the Sharks plus three and a half. They're getting over Manly. I think that's pretty good. $19.82 if you combine all four of those. So get on it with bluebet.com.au. Download the app today. That's me rough punt.
0: Set, punt. Mate, uh, how's the podcast going? Uh, how many episodes are we doing this week?
2: Oh, we've, we've done two. We did a really long one on the uh, 1996 Super League season, sort of, or pre-season, I guess. Um, yeah, we've got about another seven or eight to pump out in the next hour or two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were interesting times back then in 96, weren't
2: they? Uh, yeah, they were. It's just the, the whole game was played out in the newspapers. did not really when I went on, on the field. That's a good point.
0: Um, and, of course, the Rugby League Project. If you are not a Patreon uh, subscriber, give the bloke a hand. Keep this thing going. It is an amazing resource for all Rugby League fans. Go to rugbyleagueproject.org Look for the Patreon uh, logo down the bottom left side of the page, the landing page, and, uh, like I said, keep this place afloat. Mate, we will talk to you next week. That's uh, Andrew Ferguson, of course, from Rugby League Project.
2: Good, guys. Man.
0: Let's do this. Grab the sack, open the sack, empty the sack. The
1: boy is sad.
0: The boys' sack mail and feedback time. Don't forget the tipping comp. You can find it if you search for the full credit to the boys' podcast, tipping on the NRL.com. Uh, now
1: you're talking about the tipping Love comp. Love
0: the tipping and it's a fair indication of
1: the hemorrhaging.
0: Fair indication of rugby league knowledge, I find. Um, you're
1: coming 10th and I'm coming 101st.
0: Five-star reviews. Let's read a few. Uh, first one comes from Britt Carton. Make sure you listen to this podcast for all the latest news about Beck Judd <laughs> and the Real Housewives of Melbourne. A must listen for all AFL fans. And God, yeah, I, I God. hope at least one AFL fan sees that review. And goes, I'll, I'll give that a crack.
1: I'll give that a crack. I'm pretty sure he won't come back for any more, <laughs> but uh, maybe he loves the Beck Jugs updates.
0: <laughs> Keep going. Uh, massive loser guy says, "Dead set, the number one sports podcast in the country. Trendsetters, social influencers, and a show with huge sponsorship opportunities. Just ask Mitch Moses, Pornhub, and IGA Oatley. Not necessarily in that order."
1: Thank you very much, massive loser guy. I think you're being way too hard on yourself. That was a good review.
0: Thank you. And Wani, one fuck all. Finally, after <laughs> six years of listening. Finally just dragged his fingers onto the keyboard. Um, better than listening to a Naster, he says. Former and Sid provide great entertainment and a level of expertise that even Paul McGregor would be jealous of. I think that's accurate. The only thing worse than the Dragons' demise this year will be in the weeks after the grand final when my weekly fix stops. Oh, Wani, you can drive my car anytime. Um, well, is there anything else we need to... Jerseys should be in soon.
1: Yeah, the jerseys are all sold out and uh, paid for and on their way. Um, there's one person. I sent out all the membership packs, but there's one person that bought a membership pack with their jersey. And as I said last week, you're not getting it until <laughs> the jersey comes out. Uh, we've it's, currently, econ-
0: it's economies of scale. Yeah,
1: we've currently run out of membership packs. Uh, I've spoken to Mayor Inc. But uh, there will only be a few more of them mm. this year. Yeah. We've, we've run out. Um, it's been massive. Thank well, you. Thank you to Mayor Inc. and thank you to everyone for buying them.
0: Yeah. Um, well, before we head off into the sunset, I've always said this let the power of love inside the soul unfold.
1: Free the mind, let it rise above. We've got to change this world to a world of love. Good night. Good night.